Hey everybody, welcome to episode 89 of It's Just Bodybuilding. Dusty Hanshaw and myself, Big Ron Partlow. We've got a lot of Instagram questions. We're happy to have you back on It's Just Bodybuilding. Here we go, Dusty. I got good news. What is it? The channel has uh, 10,000 subscribers, which is a good milestone for the channel. We're pretty happy about that. I, absolutely. I mean, that means those other shows must be doing really, really well since we've already discovered no one watches this one. <laughs> if we got 10,000, it means everyone's got 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's it's funny. a group thing, and we just kind of fall into it, which is a cool Yeah, move. yeah, get drug along. It's like when Bitcoin goes up, it drags the other cryptos up with it. We're the, we're the other crypto. <laughs> <laughs> we're the, says that, the other crypto. Completely based on another meme. <laughs> With no real value whatsoever. It's fine. It's fine. It's no, I think it's awesome, man. I, I love seeing that that many people are uh, rocking with the channel. And uh, I've slowly ventured into some of the other ones um, when I'm flying and stuff. It's my new thing. I just download yeah. and, and listen. And I don't really learn a lot, but I enjoy it. All your secret flying. Remember, uh, like, share, subscribe, uh, comment, and ring the bell. We appreciate that. And then we get to use our little graphic. I like. I, I feel like the bell has like a stick or something. That's why I do this. Well, when you do that, Scott should have a ding. Yeah, it's the least he could do. And then if, well, if he adds the ding, we'll know that he actually watches this. Which he if does. he doesn't add the ding, we'll know that he just skimmed through the episode. He's not even one of our followers. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Even, he's not even subscribed. You don't even get a view out of him. <laughs> he's like, is there a way to subscribe to the channel but not these two? Because that's yeah. what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt. Um, it's been a good week. How you been doing? Awesome. I'm, uh, I'm, what's it, four, five? Today is day seven on my new program. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm celebrating the fact that I still live in the only part of Canada that hasn't completely gone insanely tyrannical. It's, I can't believe, uh, listen, I mean, it's bad. It's bad here. The government has this no, perverse, it's perverse idea of what they should have the ability to do that just blows my mind. But the rest of the country, I just – I don't even know what to say. Are you stunned – and we I had this conversation just the other day – that people forget strength in numbers? Oh, yeah. Well like, – if the if the if the majority if the people who think this is dumb all said fuck you all of them had the balls to take a stand that's what I think people forget like even government even the U S government any government okay let's say that's I don't know let's get ballsy two thousand people run the top of the government okay well, there's millions of us yeah yeah they yeah, do no. what the fuck we tell them if we take control. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there's all this uh, video on Instagram. If you go on Instagram and you, you look at like some of my friends who live in Montreal where they've had curfews and just insane, uh, insane shit going on for a while now. Uh, the videos they're pumping out of like the there's like 500,000 people in the street. There's like they're just like they're pissed off. None of that video see get seen anywhere on the news yeah that's further control of that's why that's why the news is bullshit in every country canadian canadian media is especially insidious 
at its cooperation and um yeah it's cooperation and 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 how it's it's become part of the government here right now it's just such an insane thing to watch i mean uh, uh, some of the provinces they just they just closed down gyms again in another province they were open for two weeks they were shut like shut for four months open for a month shut again for four months open for two weeks shut them again with no No, that it does there's no data they're not even enough they're not even open long enough to collect data Right. <laughs> you can't even get a number like, like, you know, it's one thing if you say, oh, well, we had, you know, a hundred outbreaks in gyms this month. Like they weren't even open long enough to have any problems. Right. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. I don't know what to say. I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely anti lockdown. Um, but I don't want people to think that I'm. Like, I think one of the problems and I don't want to get into this too much because I don't talk about this shit. Right. It's going to be real quick on my end, and then you can run with whatever you want to do with it. But um, w- one of the main problems is that a lot of the people that are anti-lockdown are also anti-vax mm-hmm. or kind of along those lines. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm completely pro-science and a huge believer in the medical community. And, and my brother's an infectious disease doctor, so I hear all the inside stuff. He tells me the latest on like before the Pfizer vax came out, he's like, oh, Pfizer's got one coming right away. You know, the AstraZeneca will probably be obsolete soon. And then this one's going to come out and Moderna's got one coming. Like he, uh, you know, I heard all that stuff before. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty excited about the newer ones and this and they're, they're definitely good. And, you know, he's he's up to date on it. And I'm, I mean, I'm booked to get mine this week. I'm not going to post about it. Um, You're going to put up the sign, the celebration. No, no the reason I'm getting mine is because my dad's 81 years old and I want to go see him. And and uh, I really am, you know, I am concerned. I'm around hundreds of people a day and I just want to make sure that, you know, I get this done and get through this. He's already had his first shot. So, yeah, you know, um, and we're also seeing that places that have high vaccination rates are opening back up without problems. So that's coming. And I'm not saying everyone has to get it. It's just that that threshold, you know, what is it, 30 percent or 40 percent of the population? All of a sudden you have kind of hit that threshold where everything's kind of okay um again i'm not a scientist i can't remember the number well it's all just i mean you know it's whatever the whatever circus they're trying to put together for people and i'm uh i'm not anti but i'm not fucking doing it yeah Uh, but i also don't get a flu shot and i'm also like yeah oh i don't either when i look back at things i think this is the 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 sticky part people should do whatever they want to do it's the same thing I feel about masks, and they, I don't, I don't look at somebody who gets the vaccination or wears a mask that takes anything. Although I, 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 I will say that I, I'm slightly talking out of both sides of my mouth because I do get irritated sometimes when I go into the grocery store, and I see people st- still doing things because that's what they're supposed to do. Right. Versus like where you know their stance, and they're, they're like, ah, and I'm like, that's how things get fucked up. Oh um, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. But if you want to, absolutely, all good. I think it's shit what's going on up there. And it's now been proven, essentially, in my opinion, that the only guarantee of lockdowns is fucking the economy. Yeah, it's the only thing. People are still dying, yada, yada, yada. So, but whatever. They're doing their thing. My clients are pissed, but we found places to train and houses and 
you know, the resilient ones just seem to find a way. I got a guy that trains his house. He meets up at a buddy's place secretly, like co-op to train in his house. I'm like, that has to be a secret too. He's like, oh yeah. 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 No, it's bullshit. Like, you can't go to your buddy's house. <laughs> it's, it's funny because no one seems to want to talk. What was the, I can't remember the exact number, but I was watching the show and they said, Jeff Bezos lost 38 billion in his divorce. Right. Made it back in a month during yeah. COVID. Of course. So anyone who says that there's not a, a wealth transfer involved with this, and I'm not saying intentional or conspiratory. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. massive opportunistic wealth, wealth transfer because people weren't thinking of the consequences of all this yeah. until it was too late. So very interesting. I don't think Bezos is going to take all that money he made by crushing everything during COVID and, and, and distribute it to all the people that lost their small businesses. Yeah, I don't think he's got that plan either. Oh, you were selling t-shirts and the government closed your little store? That's too bad. I sell t-shirts too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't worry, you can still buy them from me. Since you, you can can't. still buy them from me, yeah. <laughs> the world will be fine. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good to be here, you know? And I, I'm actually finding here, uh, everywhere but like I, i'm in south carolina right now i was in north carolina over the weekend um north carolina is democrat still um yeah. and uh they still have the mask laws or whatever regulations i should say um but i found i'm not the only one that wasn't wearing them um and no one said shit walk in hi boom sit down do your thing which is cool it just tells me that a lot of citizens have had enough and they're yeah. like, do what you want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So. And yeah. So I guess, you know, people ask all the time and I know we avoid some of it, but people are like, what's your opinion on all this? Um, I guess I my opinion. My, and it, my, Sorry. They don't ask my opinion anymore. <laughs> no, I guess because I, you know, I, I don't like to talk about this stuff a lot and I don't like to, I don't like to, to, you know, like I'm not an absolutist. Right. And I love statistics. I love looking at real data, you know, like, um, the only problem is there hasn't been a lot of real data supplied yes, by the government for all this bullshit. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the, you know, so basically my take is I definitely don't ever trust the government. I, I do not trust their intentions. I do not trust the people in it. I think it is com absolutely loaded with horrific human beings and a lot of sociopathic people love the power of being involved in government. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, that's where we're at. Um, a lot of people in government also are super fearful of, of losing their position and they're all about the votes. So if they're getting calls and letters from people, of course, it's the, the, the loudest, whiniest, mm -hmm. bitching, moaning people that send letters to politicians and make a big deal out of shit, right? Yeah. So when they hear from them, they get the grease and yep. everyone else gets fucked. So that's that's generally the gist of what I think has happened. And uh, like I said before, I don't believe in, in conspiracies most of the time. I think that incompetence on a mass scale is much more believable. Um, fear, panic and absolute incompetence by the people in these positions I, is far more likely than uh, conspiracies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm definitely down with that fact. That's not even right. a what, what what are the odds? What are the odds that 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 everyone involved is just real stupid and fucking scared 
or that they all are involved in a brilliant plan to, you know, <laughs> come on. At some point, you have to look at the obvious. Now, I yeah. look, I always, that's what makes me laugh is I think of, you know, when I was growing up as a kid and you're watching like gangster movies, I would have never guessed that the most gangster person that I would know when I was an adult would be Hillary Clinton. <laughs> but it's there ain't funny. no question she's the most powerful bitch there is like that's pretty funny people know you kill people and they still can't do anything yeah know? yeah you know because <laughs> the most powerful gangsters are the ones who can smile and wave at the crowd and walk in front of yeah. the press and get adored and loved by yeah. well we all population. know <laughs> yeah. yeah but it still just rolls forward I, if anybody kind of knew i was up to shit should i be in jail in two seconds yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> okay. No. So, but no. Are you? Uh, did you happen to see the uh, the list I sent you of the uh, indie pro this weekend? Well, first of all, how cool is it to have a show to talk about? A show that people are going to. Yeah. Live. I know. So we got <laughs> we, the indie. We had pro. like a year of no shows to talk about. <laughs> and now I know there's a bunch of people probably missing off this list, but we're just looking at the one off the Instagram, and it's it's not complete because you said John Jewett isn't on it. Yeah, and I and there was actually some back and forth with Jewett and Dave Bowers Productions. Um, so he he is entered. Um, okay. I'm sure they're gonna work it out. Whatever, whatever right. didn't get through or mail or whatever. So he's in. Uh, but yeah, they got the two twelve in the open uh, posted that are at least in already. Now today is the official. Whatever will go up by the end of today is the actual sheet. Oh, okay, the final list. Yeah, of who's in. So assuming they're going to post that, but sometimes they forget to once it started. Well, let's talk about on the open here. Let's talk about the names we see. So the names on here, just for you guys, we got Morgan Ast, that giant dude from Europe that Chris helped. That should just stop idling and be an actor and make millions of dollars. Go ahead. (laughs) He's fucking humongous, dude. And we got Blessing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carlos Chapa. Now, do you follow him on Instagram? Uh, yeah. 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 He, he looks great. Yeah, he looks really good. Um, there's a few names I don't know in here, so I apologize for not following everybody. Uh, James Culberson. Do you know him? Do not. I'm going to have to check him out. Camilo Diaz. Mohamed El-Amam. He's good for sure. I don't even know who he is. He has to be. <laughs> he's coming from Oxygen. No, I'm just, just joking. We don't know. We don't know where he's coming from, but he could be coming from there. Um, Seth Engman. Roy Evans, Stephen Fraser, I know him. Yep. Good to see him on stage again. Dorian Haywood. Um, yep. he's I on, used, on his best run ever. So is he still training at at Armbrust? Yeah. Yeah, he works yeah. there. He's a chiropractor. chiropractor. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Justin Rodriguez, of course. Yep. Massive threat to win the show. For sure. Uh, Sean Smith, super freak. We've talked about him. Yeah, he looks nuts, nuts. And Dwayne Walker. Yep. Now. Obviously, Justin Rodriguez's name jumps out there. Yeah, Justin and Blessing are the on paper, if you know people, who's coming in. Now, Justin is tried and true and tested. Um, Blessing, we're going to see. I'm always, this is what's funny, and I know Blessing's a monster of human, but the one thing I've learned about bodybuilding is you have to see people next to each other. Yeah. Now, one more thing about Blessing. Hasn't he only done like a couple shows? Yeah. That's why I that's why I say I don't really know. I mean, he looks nuts, but you know yeah. about that. There's a double-edged sword, and I know you know this. Is yeah, you know, one two things: inexperience being an issue or being an advantage. Because 
they just execute and roll through and don't think like, yes, you know, it's just another show, just another diet. No big deal. And he seems he's so lighthearted that I have a hard time imagining much works him up. I don't I don't see him stressing and not doing well, other than the fact that I I do not envy somebody who has that much pressure going into a show when before you're battle tested. So I've seen the odd person where their pro debut is literally their fourth show Mm -hmm. ever. Some guy like Phil Heath. Yeah. And it's almost an advantage because. Like, you know, when you spend a long time at a certain level knocking away, trying to break through and then you break through the next level, it's like a big deal. You're like, okay, I'm going to nationals. Finally, you know, some guys do six regionals before they ever get a chance to go to nationals. Right. Yeah. So it's like a big deal. They're like, oh, I'm going to nationals. And everyone around them is like, oh, you're finally going to nationals. And it just becomes this giant thing. Yeah. But when you're when you're just like, boom, 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 it's like you're you're at the you're at your first pro show and it's like people are just getting used to the idea of you competing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even, even knowing, yeah, knowing who you are, I mean, look at even like Hunter LeBron, look at him, you know, now granted it's a little different with, with his uh, name, but he entered his first pro show to win. Mm-hmm. Had no intention of doing anything else and no one really expected him to do anything else. And I think to a point, no one's going to be stunned if blessing wins. Um, but if I'm, if, you know, if I'm a betting man, my money's on Justin because it's tried and true, and I know what he brings every single. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just the the thing with Justin is you you've got the see the thing about blessing is we know he's got tons of muscle and he's going to be in shape by yeah. the looks of it. But yeah. I haven't seen like a full round of mandatory photos. Right. No, neither have I. Whereas Justin, you can just Google him and you're like, oh, he looks good from all angles. He's got a beautiful yeah. shape, structure, small waist. You know, blah, blah, all the bones are the right length, yada, yada. Right. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Looking now, forward to that. what about the, the 212? Uh, 212 actually is, uh, it's interesting. You know, it surprises me. I mean, I say this about both classes first is the, how few of the big names are doing the show. Yeah. Well, so there's New York pros like the weekend after, isn't it? Yeah, but for me, and I mean, I understand, too, that everyone's finances are different, but, like, if I'm doing the New York Pro, I'm doing this one, too. Right. For yeah. sure. Like, I, I probably, I mean, I live on the West Coast, so I'm probably not even going home. I'm going to hit this one. I'm going to hang out in Indy where it's cheaper. Then I'm going to go to Florida, New York, and uh, <laughs> hit the New York Pro. But, okay. um, yeah, so looking at this lineup, which uh, I don't know enough of them to uh, really wrap through, the one who I'm looking really, really forward to seeing that might throw people off is uh, Justin Randall. I don't know if you watched him the last season or so, or even know who that is, but uh, he's a beast and he's like five feet tall. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, literally, he uh, just—he was one of those guys that was like in shows and doing them. You know, not long time. It's not like he's been around for forever, but he had one of those meteoric jumps last year. Um, and now I wouldn't be stunned if he wins. Oh, okay. Awesome. You know, I'll look like, him up. An, it's a prime example of a guy who are you are like, who? And I'm like, oh, he might win the whole thing. You know, yeah. he's nuts. He's just, he's like a Jose that's uh, shorter. Well, this whole year off from COVID thing has, uh, it's funny. There's, you know, all these guys that got their pro cards, maybe, you know, 2019, 2018, and then COVID hit 
and everyone kind of forgot their name because they didn't get to compete. Right. <laughs> but now this year we're looking at these lists of names and like, I don't know how many of these guys haven't been on stage for maybe two years almost. Yeah. Well, then, uh, you know, I mean, like, obviously, uh, Derek Olson's another one that's I've seen his picks as of three, three and a half weeks ago. Uh, nuts. Um, so, you know, he is definitely a possibility to win this thing as well. Um, if you, we just looked at him. So if anybody who hasn't seen him take a peek, uh, he's, a, he's a nutty one too. I think he qualified for the Olympia and made top 10 last year even. And, and of course, like you said, uh, you know, uh, John Jewett should be in there. Yeah. And he's two twelve. So what do you think about John Jewett in that class with that sort of conditioning? What is he actually going to weigh? I don't know what he will weigh, but I know that it's hard to tell from those pitchers. Yeah, and, and you know what's crazy, too, is, is that, I mean, I've never really known what John's had to weigh. Um, I assume, based on his height and the amount of muscle he has, that he's at the top. Um, but he is peeled out of his head. I could be wrong, and I also know that John is one of the people who does us the solid of constantly putting up pictures, which I love. Um, my question is, uh, when he fills back out, not that he's flat, but he, you know, everyone says they are. But uh, I feel like his quad sweep isn't as crazy as it used to be, but his conditioning is 100 times better. So I'm not sure what the overall look will be with everyone next to each other. And his, his legs were so good. It's, it's not like you're talking about me and my legs coming down. You're talking about a guy who had insane legs who might be slightly smaller. I don't know. But the who knows? Maybe he's more balanced. But the conditioning is nasty. Well, yeah. plus his thing was always the side leg. I mean, his hamstrings are just yeah. Dude, no, but he looks amazing. He so, looks great. You know, he, I would love to see him win and get back just because he did so well at the Olympia in nineteen, and then twenty just didn't pan out for him. So I'm hoping that uh, he gets himself right back in there again. How are you looking uh, at the New York Pro? Yeah, everyone's talking about. So everyone's at people at the gym are like, "What do you think, Blessing or Nick?" And I'm like, there's a lot of other guys in that show, you know. Yeah, but, well, here's the funny thing, and I, and I doesn't doesn't I don't blink to say this. I um I would feel really confident with uh, Justin Rodriguez against both of them. Right. Like, you know, if somebody said to me, you have to bet your money on one or three of them for the win, I would say Justin. Right. Um. You know, again, battle tested. He always comes in. Yeah. You know, and not to say that uh, they haven't. But he always does, and I know that for sure. So, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I'll be. I'll be curious to see. I, I. I appreciate what they've done to draw attention, but they're not in my head who's winning that show. I. I just jokingly was talking to another guy, and and Justin's name came up. Uh-huh. This is when we were talking about the show that Hollingshead won in England. Right. And and Rodriguez's name came up, and and the guy I was talking to goes, "Who's that? I don't know who that is." And I go, "Oh, he." He reminds me of Victor Martinez. And the guy goes, oh, okay, so top five in every show he does then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that is exactly what it is. So it's like always that threat. Oh, he kind of reminds me of Victor Martinez. Oh, well, then, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's happy in the mix. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy we've got some shows coming, you know. I'm excited because now, unlike last year, I, I actually love looking back at the show, too. And seeing, you know, who came in, who didn't, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and we're going to see some guys that we aren't thinking of who spent the last year hidden. 
you know, yeah. they kind of. Yeah, there's some guys that haven't posted since COVID. They've still been training the whole time. Yeah, you know, so that's that's the curious thing, too, is I think this year we're going to see everyone back, you know, versus last year. So we shall see. Okay, okay. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. And thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, TrueNutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. So I got some good questions. I have a ton of questions, and I'm going to find out how many of them are good while we're doing this. I'm going to find out how many of them are good. <laughs> I, I specifically asked for good ones, so I'm hoping that they listened. So I had one here, and I don't want to go back to conspiracies. But Here we go. it was a conspiracy question, and it had it had uh, something I wanted to to mention, just so everyone else can like look it up if they need to. Mm-hmm. Where is it here? Well, it was it was. Are there any conspiracy theories that you think are more likely to be true than others? We've kind of had similar question in the past, mm-hmm. but there was one that I wanted to mention that I want everyone to like. Just be aware of in case they have only heard one news channel's version of it. But I've been carefully following for the whole year since last year. I've been carefully following the claim that COVID is possibly from a lab. Right. Instead of from the wet market. Now, I've been following this topic closely because it was interesting to me because there's a guy that I really like named Brett Weinstein who's an who's a um, evolutionary biologist mm-hmm. and he's not a crazy person. Like he's a very sane person. Right. He's like a university professor, very sane person, pure scientist. Um, and he's been saying, whoa, 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 people, this isn't a crazy conspiracy. The, the problem was is that Trump kind of backed the possibility of it being from a lab. And that's and that made the media push against it as an insane, impossible concept right. that only a racist or et cetera, et cetera, fill in the gaps, right? Yeah. So that's, yeah. So, so the lab leak theory was, was completely discarded by most of the media and a lot of sane people mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, well, it's a racist idea. It's just Trump trying to be a dick. But that was just, you know, for those who hate Trump, hey, a clock, a broken clock is still right twice a day, right? Right. And so just because you hate Trump doesn't mean he was wrong about absolutely every single thing. Right. And he was just casually mentioning it. Like, he probably doesn't even fucking know all the details, right? Yeah. But now that Trump's gone, there's the, the conversation around this concept is changing. And now the former head of the CDC has come out and said the lab leak theory is actually very viable because of what we've learned about the virus now. Right. And so when you listen to Brett Weinstein talk about how when you look at the virus, it's it it uh, it a lot of these variants that we're seeing mm-hmm. that should have already occurred in the virus's evolution. Right. But because it's now just exposed to freedom. We're seeing 
these mutations and variants happening. Right. And he said that that's one of the things that you don't see in something that's already been free already. Right. So um, it was pretty interesting. And plus, he's talking about how the virus is constructed. If you look at it, there's like exactly this much bat, exactly this much, you know, all these different animal strains. And that's what they do in labs is they do this gain of function theory where they, they make the virus stronger and then they see what happens. And then, you know, they're playing with this stuff. So the lab leak theory is is now being given a lot more support by some sane people that aren't screaming, you know, crazy stuff about it. And uh, I listening to Brett and some of the scientists talk and and some of the people that I've heard speak on the lab leak theory, it actually sounds a lot more plausible. And uh, a lot of people don't realize there's a, a, a an institute of virology in Wuhan, right. so there happens to be a lab there that does experiments on coronavirus. Of course, there's one in Shanghai as well, and there's one in other cities. So right. like it's the only one. So there is also the coincidence factor, but it's there. So, right. and of course, this doesn't mean anything intentional. It's just- No, it's, I think that's where people get thrown. That's where people <laughs> get pissed is there. They may think you mean intentional. That's yeah. not what said. It's just saying that- No, man, it's just- Whoops. <laughs> yeah, shit happens. And so it's a it's it's a lot more plausible to me, and I definitely don't think it's a conspiracy theory anymore. I think it's a very valid theory that needs to be given credit, and uh, we don't want to be stupid and discard something as important as that just because the wrong person liked it a year ago. Right. I think too. So, the funny thing about when when things get discarded or whatever, I laugh. It's like it doesn't. The one thing that's interesting is it doesn't change that it's here. So other than hopefully getting even more advanced precautionary things in, in place in these labs, other than that, which I can't imagine it could be much more precautionary than it is, but assuming there was an issue, it also doesn't matter. But that's the only thing that I always bounce back to is like, you know, those things are great and it's definitely interesting to know where something comes from and it probably helps the scientists figure out how to knock it down. But that's why it's I, important in this case. Yeah, yes, for you and I, it's just here for them. It matters because they mm -hmm. can probably learn more, get ahead of it, yada, yada, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so very possible. OK, so. what about you? Any conspiracy theories that you 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 wish weren't called conspiracy theories? Not a ton, because I don't really you know, I don't get into that kind of stuff. Um, I have a pretty term like i pretty well know what i think about a lot of things and for it to become a conspiracy like like even all the way down to like ufos or you know what i mean or, or things like that to me without too much thought i i think it's arrogant to assume we're the only living things in the universe the mm -hmm. end but i don't think about it any further than that i'm like i'm sure there are i don't know if they've been here but i'm sure there are i i i i'm actually like i'm not surprised because I always wondered what would happen when this day would come, right? And I thought that when, you know, evidence of UFOs, for mm -hmm. example, real, uh -huh. solid, acknowledged by the government, evidence of UFOs happened, I thought it would change the world. I thought it would happen and everything would stop. You know, like you watch the movie where, you know, the news news update comes across and all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh my God, they just confirmed, you know, but it's so bizarre how it actually happened. They, they release, they release footage of F 18s chasing down 
round lights that they can't catch that change direction at 90 degree angles and vanish at right in a second and hover above the water perfectly still and then take off at 500 miles an hour yeah or 5000 miles an hour what the fuck they they release footage of F18 fighter pilots being unable to keep up and track these right and then the pentagon releases more footage yeah. of more things doing crazy shit and everyone just kind of goes Oh, yeah. Well, anyways, my restaurant's still closed right now. <laughs> well, you know what it is, though, is I laugh because, to me, that is – and I know this is a worldwide thing, but this is where I pick on Americans and myself included. Is like, if it doesn't affect me directly, fuck it. Right, and that, I'm blown like, away. Like, Unless they're going to come here and buy pizza from my closed restaurant, right. I don't really care. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, uh, and obviously some people are like, well, you know, just because the Pentagon acknowledged these unidentified flying objects doesn't mean they're from another, you know, they could be technology that we don't understand from another country. Well, let me put it this way. If China has that technology, we're fucked. This is a, I prefer the option of I prefer aliens. aliens. I don't want like another country to have this tech and have everyone else so oblivious. Yeah, that we don't even know that it could be anything. We're thinking UFOs as China. That's a problem. They're time traveling and altering the economy. That's, yeah. Right? It's like the dude, and he's driving around with a helmet on. He's flying. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just single just, human. No biggie. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. That, that I don't want it to be something like, let's let's keep it safe, and it's the aliens. I'm they're good just you. here watching. They haven't stopped yet because they don't like what they see on the news. I think what they're seeing right now, I wouldn't stop either. Like, Roll on here. These just people. get a water sample and leave for another thousand years. Well, I don't think like uh, the pace we're going. I think they probably looking like, listen, we don't need to take over. They're gonna fuck it up themselves. We're just gonna take it while it's empty. Yeah, yeah. They're just gonna come back when we're all fucked when up. We're all dead. It'll be that'll be a good time to jump in. As soon as we're all uh, lighting campfires again, we'll see all the ships land. All right, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start light. I wanted to go to my throat. Really, we've Wait. done we've done lab leak theory, UFOs, and anti-lockdown rhetoric. And we're only 30 wow. minutes in. Yeah, it's perfect. All right, I'm going to get into bodybuilding. I'm going to get ballsy. Okay. Hunter, Sergio, Akeem, and Brett, all at Chicago. Who's winning? We're going to answer the same way, but go ahead. Uh, I assume they're all at their very best. Yes. I have to go Akeem. Me too. <laughs> and, and and that's 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 just respect for the mass. Well, I mean, he's the biggest one. He's the top biggest? six champion. Yeah. He's the he's the he's yeah. I guess got to go Akeem. There's just so much there, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can look fucking amazing, but that then you stand next to Akeem and you're like, oh, there's just yeah. You know what it reminds me of that people don't um they. That, that the sport even can't put into um, understanding is, for example, you remember when Rami first came and it was the biggest thing anyone had ever seen. He was dwarfing everyone. And all I remember was the day he stood next to Kai and looked normal. <laughs> There's certain like, things, right? Because it, 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 just, it just, because everyone, I mean, because Kai looks like a guest poser at a pro show. Yeah. So it's a similar thing. Like, and again, I'm not saying Akeem is to that extreme, but the point is, is visually it changes. Like these guys are all phenomenal bodybuilders, but Akeem at his best, it's just, okay, if conditioning is on, what is missing? Yeah. 
nothing. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I, I would go Akeem. I mean, I, I'm not afraid to go all the way down in order. It would be, to me, it's Akeem, Hunter, Sergio, and then Brett. Um, if I was going to put those, you know, four in places, assuming they're have, the only four in the show. Sergio and Hunter haven't been on stage together yet, though, have they? No, no. No, I just think that, uh, and you know why I say that, and I love Sergio's look, but Hunter is, uh, for whatever reason to me, when he gets up next to guys, he's more dominant all by himself next to everyone else. Like, he does look a little more out of place, even when Sergio wins. You know, right. he looks kind of like the other guys, um, and I felt like Hunter, when he was dead nuts on, you know, just, he was pretty head and shoulders above even against and i know he was wasn't dead nuts on but you know even against ian it seemed pretty drastic between the two um and obviously you fast forward to the olympia and they flip-flopped so we'll see but everyone at their best that would be my guess for sure okay i got one for you weirdest situation where you got paid to be a bodybuilder like, have you ever guest posed at a bachelorette party or anything that turned out to be sort of weird? <laughs> that's a that's a great question. Um, I mean, the the, only, the weirdest thing that I've had offered that I didn't actually follow through on was I actually got offered in Scottsdale to because I was in prep and I got all I got offered paid to come to a party and just be there as someone who like hangs out by the pool and bring people in and out for rich, like soccer mom. Right. You know? But she wanted like, she had a handful of like, not just great physiques, crazy physiques. She, kind of, like she wanted to buy a human for the night. You know what I mean? And I just remember the only thing that was funny is everybody probably thinks I have like this pride issue. I just remember thinking, I don't know what I would say to people all night. I don't want to, it seems weird. <laughs> Like, right. You here? She's paying me to. I don't know. I'm kind of the entertainment, but I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Well, it's like if I was pretty, I would get it. I'm like, I'm very handsome. Wow. I mean, look here. Yeah. Like, I'm like, am I gonna wear a bag? <laughs> Just <laughs> walk around with a paper bag on your head, like the unknown comic. Remember him? <laughs> exactly. Or that 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 famous singer, the Sia or whatever, that keeps the hair down. That's like, yeah. I, I think if I was, you know, like a really like good-looking dude i'd be like well i'm the fucking model duh look at me that's funny when you're kind of average you're kind of like really no i don't want to do that yeah Plus, yeah I'd be an asshole because i'd be like all oh, these rich schmucks that literally they purchased me as a human so yeah but i haven't actually done anything cool i'm i'm actually more blown away like when you get to do you know back in the day we used to have guest posers that was exciting hey, yeah yeah i know lucky <laughs> i actually got to guest pose at one point yeah, I did a few. I liked them, and now we basically don't do that anymore because we want money for our time. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I have a funny one. I uh, I got a call once. This is when I lived in Edmonton, and there's there's not a lot of filming that goes on there, but the odd commercial, the odd TV show, yeah. you know, like, um, for example, uh, like, remember Legends of the Fall, Brad Pitt? Of course I remember. Greatest film. Movie of all time. Filmed in, that was filmed in Alberta. And right. The Revenant with DiCaprio, yes, that right. was filmed in Alberta. Yeah, so like, like. <laughs> yeah, so like the odd big movie will come, right? Right. And so I like knew a casting agent there, and he would call me once in a while for commercial or whatever. 
And uh, he called me once. He's like, oh, hey, I got this gig. It's short notice, but they're looking for a bodybuilder. And I know you're dieting right now. And they want you to like, you got to be ripped and have abs. And they want you to be as like as big as possible. Right. I'm like, oh, well, it was perfect timing. I looked fucking crazy. It was like three weeks out. Right. He's like, yeah, it's for some commercial. Right. Oh, okay. So I go down and I get there. And uh, everyone there is really weird. Like they're super weird. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but they're just like, you know, you just sort of think, oh, everyone here has kind of got a bit of like an oddball thing going on. Okay. No one's normal. And uh, and then they start explaining the commercial. And it's for like this, this was like years ago, but it was for for this, it was like a marijuana substitute. Like, it was like this green herb stuff that you smoke, but it was legal. But it wasn't pot. I had to go against everything you stood for. Go ahead. And 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 she's like, yeah, and then we need the big guy to do this. And then you're going to like take a puff and then blah, blah, blah. And they explained the concept of the ad to me. And it was like kind of like an infomercial. Right. And I was like, I can't be a part of this. I don't smoke this stuff. Right. And it was at the point where I was no longer. And at this this just kind of happens, but I've been sponsored by mutant for a while. Right. So I wasn't just a, an absolute unrecognizable face. Right. That could just do a commercial. Yeah. With no uh, repercussions possibly of what you're doing. Like I was actually being paid to endorse mutant products by that point. Right. So I was like, well, I don't want to be like endorsing mutant products and endorsing gasp and then appear to be endorsing this, which I don't endorse, <laughs> which I don't endorse because it's just sort of was like, I mean, it's different if you're just a, an actor who's just trying to get any commercial you want. You don't give a shit. You're trying to pay your rent. <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, in 20 years when I'm on, you know, the tonight show, we can play this commercial and it'll be funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, it's kind of weird because it'll seem like I'm actually endorsing it. Right. And I don't know, maybe that was all in my head, but it just felt fucking weird because it was like kind of creepy too. Like I they wanted me to wear this little tie like I was at like a party. Right. But no shirt. No shirt. Yeah, of course. And then I'm like smoking and they had this the corniest dialogue. Right. Like I was read I was reading the lines and I was like, This isn't funny. This is fucking stupid. Like so I finally like we took a little break before we were about to start filming. And I was like yeah, you know what? I still feel comfortable doing this. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, you know, because I didn't audition for it or anything. Yeah. It you, was, yeah. You just found out what you were there for just now. Yeah. Yeah. Like they called me. They're like, we need a bodybuilder. And like I sent one photo and they're like, send them. Right. You know, so yeah, it's funny. You get into. You know, so it's I, funny I, I left my casting. The casting guy called me. He's like, what happened? I'm like, dude, that was a fucked up situation. And he just started laughing. He's like, oh, OK, well, those happen. <laughs> What's crazy is I'm glad that you said that because I, I wish more people would understand that. Um, the importance of that, I think a lot of people might think in their head, like, well, that's dumb. You pass away money for no big deal. But I look at it as huge because whether you were thinking this forward or not, you've chosen very carefully what you've branded yourself with and that allows you to say xyz is good and you're following to believe you just right. because you said it like when you endorse mutant 
the assumption is it must be good even before you said it because Ron wouldn't get with them if they weren't. You know what I mean? And, right. I, and I know I've had that as well. I just had it barely. I sent the uh, owner of Condemned Labs a uh, screenshot because a guy said, hey, I just ordered these two products from them uh, purely because I needed new ones and you're with them. Yeah. Are they any good? <laughs> like, yeah. Didn't look at them. You know what I mean? And then what was funny was when I described the ingredients, uh, he, he, he actually comes back to me and goes, shit, I ordered Yohimbe separate, didn't realize it was in there, could have saved some money. So the point is, like, if you endorse every company that wants to throw money at you, when you get to Mutant or in, or whatever company in the future, people are like, ah, Ron will fucking endorse anybody that pays him. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's why commercials were always weird for me. Like, I've done a bunch of them, but the ones that were easy to do were, like, you know, where I there wasn't any sort of, like, crossover in that way right you're like i like soap that'll be fine you know like i did a commercial for um a demolition company right and it was like you know you call guys and they come to your house and they fucking tear down your third bedroom and clean it out and right you know get in there to rebuild the you know rental the room right right and uh the, it was just kind of a goofy commercial where they had like the cheap demo team and it looked like a bunch of ex-cons Right. You know, with hammers and they're like smoking. And then it had their demo team and it was all these like calendar firemen (laughs) that were like, you know, really clean clean, uh, and they had clean wheelbarrows and like nice tools and they were going to do a good job. And they had plastic wrap up to protect your house. Right. And I was one of like the the shitty guys. I had like a toque on and I had a big beard and I had a cigarette hanging out of my mouth and I had a shovel. And and like that was fucking hilarious to me because obviously I'm not myself. Right. Because I wasn't a bodybuilder. I was actually completely covered like a thug. Okay. That's, it was just the fact that you were a big, big guy. Dude. Big yeah. guy with a beard. They wanted a 300-pound guy with a beard. So there I was. Right. And the other team was the shirtless fireman. Oh, that's even better. You were not. Because when you were saying that, I was like, oh, you were the, oh, no. you were the bad dude. No, the I got picked as one of like the ugly, rough-looking dudes. <laughs> yeah yeah i even had like a bit of a black eye they gave me some makeup it was funny oh, that's great and yeah. then they had these fire guys and when the fire guy showed up i had trained and dieted two of them for shows <laughs> You're like, so they get better than this so they showed up and they're like ron what are you doing and i'm like oh i'm one of the fucking scrubs and they're just laughing because they're all there they're like shirtless and stuff it was funny oh, man that's good so shit. it's because i wasn't a bodybuilder if i would have been shirtless in that commercial and representing myself as a bodybuilder it would have been you know maybe it would have been different to me but because i wasn't i had no problem you know right no that totally makes sense so okay your turn okay let's see here ah favorite short bodybuilder flex lee priest franco padilla padilla uh how short is short well he's counting labrada okay I mean, you got Flex in there. He's freaking five six. Five, well, I've, Flex Lewis is the best short bodybuilder in all of history. Right. So best. He said favorite. Right, favorite. So, um, so we're th- talking physiques. Favorite short bodybuilder. You got to say Sean Ray. He's in there too. Well, I mean, it, it, come on now. That's one of the most amazing physiques ever developed and the consistency of his career and how good he was and 
how he battled the big guys and you know whether or not you like Sean Ray as a person you just look at all of his photos from the late 80 Olympias all the way up till he retired and it's it's hard to believe that you could keep a body that clean looking and injury free and mm-hmm. you know just beautiful round striated muscle head to toe what uh, absolutely astonishing physique i think Sean Ray is 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 just one of the most perfect physiques ever and uh, he has to be on the list of greatest short bodybuilders of all time. But I'd say Flex Lewis is without a doubt the greatest. Right. And, uh, you know, everyone else is is behind that. Uh, Danny Padilla was ahead of his time. Yep. The, the conditioning that that guy brought, those guys died it hard, man. Have you ever listened to Danny talk about how he got that shredded for like the like early oh. 80s? Mm-mm. They're dieting on like, they're doing 1,000 calorie days, man. Right. Like, they're not fucking around. They're just, like, at all costs. But I think it's yeah. funny that that has become, right around the time that the whole macro craze started happening and the, and the idea that, no, you don't, have to, you don't have to be so crazy with your diet to get in shape and people aren't getting in the shape they used to be in. Like People will say, like, oh, how, how low do your calories go when you're in prep? I'm like, as low as they have to. Yeah, I've done lots of 2,000 calorie days. I've never... I've never even bothered to add it up, but I know yeah. I do laugh because I have clients even that will say like, you know, I mean, like I had a guy just this week. He's like, yeah, I'm, I could definitely tell him I'm, I'm getting a little tired. And he's newer, so I'm not even picking on him. He's like, I'm getting a little tired from the diet and this and that. And we're actually, he came to me fat enough that I'm getting him lean to start the off season. Right. And I told him, I said, listen, no disrespect. No, you're feeding off of fat. You're fine. Like you're, cal- yeah. you're, you're bringing 400 grams of carbs right now. Uh, it's just not all the junk you were having before. I'm like, man, I go 50 grams of carbs for a month and don't think about it. Yeah. You know, so yeah, as far as me in that department, um, I would go, I've always loved the freaks of size um, and, and nasty probably because it lines up with what I try to emulate. So uh, my answer is easy. It's Jose because it just doesn't get much freakier. Plus, I just uh, I loved Jose's. That, that's ultra short. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the, another category. <laughs> I didn't want to call him short, though. I wanted to call him vertically challenged. Um, he, he, he's, <laughs> he's a fantastic one to add to the conversation because when, when people ask me who's a great bodybuilder, I'm not that impressed if you were amazing once. Right. I'm not that impressed if you were a great pro for three years. Mm-hmm. it's awesome like it's amazing but it's there's something about longevity and repeated winning and repeated dominance over and over and over and over and over and over uh, like you know what i mean and so when you when you when you say that i mean then you know obviously jose is like fuck he's one of the top guys of the, on the list if you if you want to talk about the career Well, here's what's funny, too, that I think a lot of people don't realize. It's funny to me because the sport moves so quickly. There there are guys that are into it now that don't realize who he is or who he was because he didn't push social media and stuff. But according to today's standards, Jose would have turned pro eight times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only reason that Jose— for inflation. Well, and what he used to do, what's funny is, so Jose won, and I don't want to be quoted on the classes, but I want to say— lightweight on up lightweight at usa's then goes and wins at nationals then comes back to the usa's the following year goes up a class wins 
goes to nationals, wins, goes back the following year to USA's, goes up a class, wins. Like that's what he was doing because there was nowhere for him to go because they only had open bodybuilding. He had no intention of ever taking his pro card. Those two shows were his shows that he was competing in every year. And what's crazy, I just pulled it up because I wanted to be able to list it because a lot of people don't understand this. So Jose, when he finally accepts a pro card because of the 212, he's still natural. Yeah. He's won all these times. And a lot of people didn't believe that, of course, right? So this is what's crazy. Uh, he did the New York Pro in May of 09, okay? At 100, let's see what it says here. Three-month transformation. 184 pounds at the New York Pro in late 09 to 202 pounds in September 1st of 09. Because he went on. That's where the gas hit. In three months. He's like, oh, this is how this is done at this level. And the pictures on his page, it's, and what's funny, he was already great, but just, yeah, he's already a pro. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And he'd already won so many things. So I always love that. Plus, you know, I also love just, had, had he done social media the way I wish he would have, more people would realize, like, the comments and stuff. Do you remember when he did the uh, the bearded lady routine at the uh, press conference? I just remember thinking only Jose thinks of it that quick. You know, he's like, at the end of the day, it's like the circus. Everyone comes to see the freak and I'm the bearded lady. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's my, my, his best quote. His best yeah. quote. There's there's endless ones. But yeah, so that would he would definitely be my favorite. And one I wish that uh, more guys that are young now would realize like, even now he's you know he's back training the other day I watched him he's back on incline bench doing a drop set starting at 405 for like six reps at 230 pounds in five and well how old is he five, 46 yeah yeah <laughs> oh I know I it, it's funny now like I know what 45 feels like right and it feels great don't get me wrong but there's just things you're like there's certain joints that have had enough they're still yeah. good. I could still use them, you know, I can still 12 rep to failure and train fucking hard, but I'm not going to five rep to failure with those joints anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I actually, I, cause I don't, you know me, like it's very rare that I comment on things and it was a story and I literally text him. I'm like, you're back. <laughs> and he goes, and he sent back all he responded with. He goes, I only know one speed. <laughs> I only know one speed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that's like, true. It's true. Valid. valid. You're up. What do you think constitutes a good leader? Mm, geez, this is this could be an endless one. Um, but yeah. the simple stuff for me, uh, the, the first step to being a good leader is, is leading by example. Um, so I don't consider a leader to be the one that points to work. Um, you know what I mean? So I find that in, in when I think leader at this point in life, I think sports and, and business, um, everything, the shit falls from the top. Meaning when, like, for example, when I owned my retail stores, everyone knew that, like I had an example, which was if the floor ever needs to be cleaned, we're in trouble. Meaning clean it every fucking day. But that's how I live, it's what I did, and so that's what happens. When I had sold it, my friend Lance is very lax with stuff like that. My same employees, bathrooms got dirty. I remember I told him one day, I go, I would fire you if you worked for me. You own the stores now. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm. that's the first step. I could go on for hours. But 
I think the biggest one is is leading by example because people mimic what you do, not what you say. Yeah, yeah, very true. I think um, in in my you know I mean anyone can just Google a list of what makes a great leader, and there's right. you know a bunch of stuff that makes a great leader. But I think when I think of people that I have thought were great leaders, is um, they they showed gratitude first of all. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I always found the people that that would, you know, show gratitude to not only their staff, but their customers, mm-hmm. the people around them. Uh, just there's a different vibe about being part of that uh, type of, a, you know, I'm thinking business or whatever. Yeah, of course. You know, so showing gratitude is a big thing. Um, you know, the ability to delegate is really important. Obviously, you can't do anything, everything yourself. Some people can't let go of the reins and then they just wind up micromanaging everything. And that's that's difficult. So I've worked for people that couldn't allow their staff to just work. Yeah. But meanwhile, they selected their staff with the assumption that they would do their job and they don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard. I can say, too, though, and you know this because you do it. It is hard to do. Because you have to allow them to do it and you have to give them enough rope to hang themselves if it happens. Yeah. yeah. I remember I remember one time working at one of the clubs I was at. We had a really busy night. We had a new bartender on and he'd worked like day shift, mm-hmm. but he hadn't done a busy night yet. And, and, uh, and I remember my boss was like, well, you know, he knows how to do the job because he's worked here during the day. Mm-hmm. Right. He knows how everything he knows how to do everything right but there's only one way to work friday and saturday nights you just trial by fire just let him we'll just see how he is sunday morning we'll see if he's still alive did he quit right (laughs) but but that guy like stepped up you know friday night he was like holy fuck Mm -hmm. and saturday night he was like i can't believe i made it and then the next weekend he was a grizzled veteran isn't that funny? I, I love that. Like when I, when I think of those opportunities, this isn't really leadership, but it just reminded me of uh, like I, I think of the the first time Milan Lukic played at the Garden or not the Garden. No, in Boston. I'm sorry. He uh, very first game as a professional first shift fight. Yeah. He's like, this is what I'm here to do. Like, you know what I mean? And I love that shit. And I'm, I'm, I know we're going to badge by people to say he sucks or cheap art, whatever. But I just remember looking back at that and being like 18 years old, day one. The, the, you know what I mean? Like you said, trial by fire. And he's like, I'm going to fight now because this is what I do. <laughs> like, right. you know what I mean? How else am I going to find out if I can hang at this level? You know what I mean? Yeah. I also I, remember I, I, in Boston, the crowd was like, so we like this kid. Well, he's giving them what they paid for. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. um, one of the one of the traits um, that if if you do like a search on good leadership or whatever, one of the traits that comes up all the time is uh, good leaders. And Gary Vee says this too: uh, good leaders are people that are always working on themselves. True. Yep. Like if you're not doing any personal development, if you're just standing still, you can't expect everyone in your underneath you to move up right you have to always be moving up in some way too whether you're trying to get better with how you manage your time or better with how you even if it's making sure your personal time is used in a way that makes you 
a positive person to be around on work hours, just trying to develop yourself. You know, as soon as you stop, everything else below you notices. Yeah. And also be able to see talent. You know, like when I worked at uh, the supplement store, I got a job there working for nothing. And it wasn't until the business sold that that I like I was like the low man on the totem pole. Within a month of the new owner, I was the guy. He was like, okay, you get this. You know what I mean? And and it kind of went full circle almost immediately because he noticed I fit what he needed, which made him a good leader. He's because he came in. It was funny. I, I, I learned a ton from him. He's probably one of my best mentors. But for the first two or three weeks, he literally would come to the store and say and do nothing. Just watch. Right. He how the business ran already before he made any alterations and even let us do things that he probably thought in hindsight were terrible. But he just let it go. Like, right, I'm going to watch this roll. You know what I mean? Until yeah. he fixed it, which is also why low man on the totem pole became the GM because he watched and he's like, Oh, well the new kid's actually the best employee I have. So, you know what I mean? Right. There was, there was no, uh, pre. So I got, I guess I got to slide over now because of course I'm stuck on these ever since people have realized I did hockey. I get a lot of hockey questions now. Oh, excellent. But you can hang on this one. This one I know the greatest moment in professional hockey ever. Um, the retirement of Wayne Gretzky was a moment that I'll never forget as a Canadian. Right. Yeah. The official like ceremony where they had him come back to Edmonton. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I, he retired as a Ranger, right? Mm-hmm. He gave his wave, played his last game as a New York Ranger. It was all great. But then they brought him back to Edmonton right. and they hung his jersey up in the, his banner up in the Edmonton Coliseum. Right. And, you know, and do you remember who Joey Moss was? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Joey Moss just died. Did not know that. Yeah. He was in, I believe he was in his fifties or forties, but fifties maybe, but Joey Moss just passed away. For those of you who don't know, um, back in the eighties when Wayne Gretzky was winning all the cups with the Edmonton Oilers, um, the Edmonton Oilers had a man named Joey Moss, who at the time was just a kid, mm-hmm. and he had Down syndrome. And Joey Moss was the stick guy, the stick boy for the Oilers. Yep. And he would take care of all the sticks, you know. And uh, you know, he he stayed with the Oilers for like thirty five, four. Like I don't know how many years he was a stick guy for the Oilers, but he stayed there. Yeah. And um, yeah, for ages and ages, he was there for ages. Anyways, Gretzky and Joey did a whole bunch of like awareness campaigns and stuff, you know, because Joey had downs yeah, and sort of this sportsmanship campaign they did. I can't remember the details, but so he was kind of famous. But anyways, they brought Joey out and Joey raised the banner. That's awesome. I didn't remember that. Yeah. They yeah, did good. retire his jersey for every team. They retired his number for the yeah. whole league. Yeah. No one can wear yeah you can't be that. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's another level. It's like. No, no one in no one. New Jersey can wear matter that team. number. Yeah. Yeah. So so that was awesome. But um, personally, I also had, I think, as far as like being just so stoked for a guy, was I was a huge Bruins fan. Mm-hmm. So I was a Ray Bork fan. Right. And when Ray Bork went to Colorado and won that fucking cup with Sackick, 
Right. That was awesome. I'm, I remember just being like so happy when they won. And I remember they called Joe out because he's mm-hmm. a captain because right. they, give the, they give the cup to the captain, right? Yeah. And he, and he's like, I've already raised this cup. Right. He's like, there's someone here who hasn't. Right. But he's been here for 23 years. <laughs> yeah. Kind yeah. of a earned situation. Yeah. So Joe took the cup, gave it to Ray and then Ray skater took the first skate with it. Right. That was awesome. And then, um, you know, those moments are for me, huge moments. Um, I also think, uh, uh, to me as a Canadian, I don't know if it counts as professional hockey cause it was Olympic, right. but Sidney Crosby's golden goal goal in 2010 right. to beat the U S team in overtime for the right. gold medal. That was probably like the loudest goal in Canadian history. Yeah. <laughs> Cause literally if you had your window to your house open, you heard the whole city go wherever you lived. Yeah. In every city. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. We were watching the Olympics and we were living in, I was living in a townhouse at the time. Right. So I had neighbors Mm -hmm. and a complex and we're watching and he scored. It was like, I think it was like noon. Right. And we're so sitting in bed at noon, like watching the game and he scored to win the gold medal. I can't remember where the Olympics was. Oh, it was in Vancouver in 2010. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's here in Vancouver, but you just heard the in Edmonton. You just heard like all my neighbors, like the whole neighborhood just got it fucking loud. You off when it happened because like holy shit. Yeah, you're like neighbors are screaming, like everyone was screaming. Yeah, that was it. We now know that we are all watching the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so those are just a few that come to mind. But I mean, yeah. there's it depends on who your team is, right? Yeah. Well, I like that you went with the personal because that's the funny thing is. So I think that one of the most like iconic is of course. Uh, Bobby Orr's the goal. Know, cup winner, the goal, exactly, was literally <laughs> the goal. Cold. Yeah. Most and, famous photo, most famous hockey photo ever taken. Yeah. I mean, that for sure is, is the moment, I think. For Bobby you know? Orr. <laughs> but I, uh, but just like you, like for, for me, um, when Steve Eiserman won game six on like, I don't know, triple overtime or whatever against St. Louis. Uh, to go to the Stanley Cup Finals with a with a shot from the freaking blue line, just a rocket. I remember that game because it was like the first time where, essentially, you know, pushing an adult at that point. I remember almost feeling like I was emotional on the win, like I was there. I was like, holy mm. shit! Like, you know, it's happening. I'm like, I have nothing to do with this game. <laughs> like, right. This is right. really impacting my life right now. You know, so it's it's funny, and I've he's he's like the guy. If you're a Detroit guy. Yeah, Stevie Y. Hey, even if you're a Canadian Olympic guy, Stevie Y was a big part of the Canadian Olympic history. Yeah. Gold medals, and he coached the team at one point, you know, like, yeah, amazing. That was one of another questions I had was someone asked me, because, you know, obviously he's a Detroit guy, then he went down to Florida, and the Lightning obviously won a cup with him, and now he's back in the offices in Detroit, and they're like, isn't it only a matter of time? And my answer is, of course, because he's a winner. Yeah, he's a winner. And that's what winners do. <laughs> like, they win. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah so. that's 100% true. That was a great question. Yeah, I loved it. I saw that. I was like, ooh, I held it because it was the first question. I needed a minute to get ready. So my, my, my answers were, were, were viable. solid. But see, that just, this is what people realize about there's nothing about being in the U.S. like hockey with Canada. Like, you're not an obsessive hockey guy, but you can rattle them off because by default you are. 
part of the culture growing up. Yeah, you know as much about hockey as a lot of Americans who think they know hockey don't know. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) You know. Yeah, just default growing up. You know, hockey night in Canada on TV. You know, part of it. Part of it. It's part of it. Yeah, yeah. You bet, man. Rock'em sock'em 13 and you're stocking for Christmas. And then next year, rock'em sock'em 14. And you already know what you want for the following year. And the following year after that, rock'em sock'em 15. (laughs) You know what to do, Dad. You know what to do. I mean, Santa. (laughs) What What a great way to just guarantee sales every year. Yep. Release the 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 rock'em sock'em at Christmas time and just I got them every year. <laughs> hands, wait for the money to roll in. Yep. Like there's more kids now. We'll make more money. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. now now fighting and hockey is uncool. You saw my rant, huh? <laughs> Dude, I went I went down like a you know you know how like something will knock you in a direction. I went down a rabbit hole and I took Tommy with me. And I didn't even know it because he doesn't sleep either. So he saw my post. And then next thing you know, he's literally he's sending me quotes from other sports that were like like from hardcore days. You know what I mean? Uh, I I was dying because I had so many people that totally understood what I was talking about, about because I was watching. So I have the NHL Center Ice package or whatever it's called. So every night I watch every game in a five minute review. And the very first thing, the puck drops, and they go, oh, here we go. And they look, and they show two guys drop the gloves, and then they skip it. I'm like, what happened? I literally thought something happened to my computer, so I went back on my on my phone. I clicked backwards to watch it again. I was like, oh, it's skipped. No, they just don't show it. Right. I cut, <laughs> cut the rumble out. Yeah, I was like, so then I, I ended up down the rabbit hole because I go online and start looking at old fights. And then like three hours later, I'm like, oh, I should probably try to sleep. Yeah, you're you're watching uh, you're watching Semenko um, highlights from the '80s. <laughs> so what's funny? So Robert, Tom, but Tommy, oh, sends, Robert Tommy sends this to me. I have to read this real quick because it made me laugh. He goes, he goes, the old days were a different time and it were different men. And he sends me this Pete Rose quote. It says, "I'd walk through hell in a gasoline suit to play baseball." <laughs> and I was like. Yeah, I don't think people say that anymore. <laughs> That's funny. And, and if you knew Pete Rose, you're like, yes, you would. Yeah. Yes, you fucking would. <laughs> That's funny. I remember I dated a girl once and her mom hated hockey. She would be like, ah, oh, it's unprofessional boxing. That's all it is. They're just a bunch of violent maniac animals. <laughs> That's how she would talk about hockey. That's <laughs> painful. Oh. And I remember just being like, oh, God, I can't stand you. Surprised didn't throw out of the country. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> deported. yeah. Why are you deported? She talks shit about the sport of hockey. <laughs> totally. What's yours? What do you got here? Number question. Well, I had someone ask me if I if if I didn't open the gym, what business would I start? I'm curious. Well, if it, I mean the the gym is the only business I can think of that I had like the passion to give into, Mm. you know what I mean? Because of the, you know, obviously I love the gym. Right. So, you know, like for example, if you have something else you really love, Mm -hmm. but you know, it doesn't make any money. 
Like the gym's one thing where most people tell you most gyms fail. Like, yeah, but some don't. So there's a chance. Yeah, exactly. So you're telling me there's a chance. Tell me there's a chance. I can make (laughs) some money at this, possibly down the road. Okay, I'm in. But, you know, let's say my other passion is, oh, I don't know, these silly bikes. That's a tough market. Right. You're going to open a Flatland BMX brick and mortar store? Yeah. That's, I'm always amazed when no. you see businesses like that. When that's they, an they, online. That's an online shop, and it's already done. <laughs> yeah. Don't try to fuck with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, guys that have been in the industry for 30 years and have the loyalty of every single other person that shop off them. Yeah, exactly. Not random ex bodybuilders. Like, so like likes to. Yeah, yeah. So if I was going to do another business, it wouldn't be a passion project. It would be pure money. Right. I'd look at where's the highest profit margin. Hmm. And the lowest entry barriers, and you start looking for something that's for sale in the area, possibly. You never know. You might get someone trying to get out so they can liquidate for a divorce or something. Mm-hmm. Never know, and you get a good a good deal on a business that's already oh, up and running. Yeah. And then sub businesses, you, you you don't want to buy one. You just want to start one. Oh, for sure. I would never open a gym. I'd buy a gym. Right. So there's just all these different you know, things, but it would be purely money and profit and it would be all numbers. And I would not give a fuck about what I was fucking selling. It could be fucking this little fucking scented oil vaporizer thing that my girlfriend has to make the room smell pretty. I wouldn't give a fuck. It would be pure money. <laughs> pure money. I love that because here's what's interesting though, is some of us, uh, a passion that I have is buying something for a dollar and selling it for two. Well, there you go. That the passion is in the fucking money. That's it. But I, but I, yeah. because you are providing a service, and for someone, this particular spoon that I'm selling for two dollars that I bought for one has a value. You know what I mean? But I, but I totally feel you. I do tell people by default because I just, I don't know why, but a lot of people ask questions. Like I had a guy literally just say to me, "How, how do I make more money?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's a really broad question." So I was like. Do you have any passions? Not think, really. Yeah, that's the okay. first question. Yeah. That's the first question. Do you have any passions? Because there might be a passion you can, you know, properly exploit. I mean, share with everyone else to make a buck. You know, it's well, possible. Remember, it's like, you know, I think the one thing that throws people off when you think of a business is it, even though we're saying, you know, make money, you can be extremely happy making 40 grand a year if you do, do something you love. Uh, I don't. I couldn't, but I know a lot of people could. Well, maybe you have something else. That, maybe you have something else that makes you sixty grand. Yeah. So the 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 fun business that you super love that only makes you forty, it's still worth it because you just love the fact that you get to give people that service and you're the best at it and you love your thing. But you have enough money coming in, even if it only makes fucking twenty grand. If it's still worth it to have it, it's going to be your favorite. Yeah. Well, most, most hobbies cost us money. So you find one that makes you one. That's a, yeah. that's a win. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to start with your passion. So you go, what will get me out of bed? Yeah. Well, what I love, you know, now, what will keep you working after work? Yeah. 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 Exactly. You know, like I was up. We have these people like this guy who tells us to me and I'm like, and he literally, the reason he asked, he said, I have no extra money. But then when I try to get some conversation on what he could do, it was nothing. And I'm, I, I'm like, well, then you're fucked. I don't know what to say because you come, everyone gets their day over and, you know, we know you're wrong. You have kids, you don't have kids, whatever your responsibilities are. But there is some point where it ends 
mm-hmm. and you have a choice of what to do with the time. Mm-hmm. And you can either become an expert, make some money, go to sleep, watch TV, whatever you want to do. But yeah. I think a lot of people fall immediately to the victim. And I mean, I have a hard time watching shows because I have too much shit going on. Right. I know and what you I, mean. It's, it's, yeah, a weird, I, it's a weird I, factor to me because I, I wanted to help. Um, and I still do. I haven't figured out how, but it's like getting someone to understand, like, if your answer is just, I don't know, well, then, like, well, then you're fucked. I'm just trying to guide you. I can't, I can't hand it to you. If there was an easy way to make money, I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Like for example, um, you know, as far as like passion and work and paying other people to do stuff, I don't know if you saw on my Instagram, but I got some new bike parts this week. I did. And I built, I built a, my front wheel. I had to take the hub out and replace the hub. So I had to take all the spokes out, you know, take the tire off, take all the spokes out, take the wheel apart, take the new hub, lace all the spokes into it, lace it all into the wheel. And then I had to true the wheel where you spin it and tighten the spokes until it actually goes straight. Cause when you first put it on, it's kind of whoa, 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 whoa. And you get it, you get it all even. And then you take it off, put the tire on it, true it again, you know, like, and I learned it all from a YouTube video. I just said, well, it can't be that hard. It's just all these parts and there's threads and things screw into each other. It's got to be like building Lego for adults. I'm sure I can build a wheel. So I just followed a YouTube video and just, and then I watched a second video on how to true the wheel, you know, so it's, it goes dead straight when you spin it. And I just took my time and did it. And the next day, Emily's like, how late were you up last night? I'm like, oh, I went to bed around two. And she's like, you worked on that. You started working on that wheel at 11. I'm like, yeah, it took about three hours to build it and true it and get it perfect. Right. And she's like, couldn't you have paid someone to do that? And I'm like, yeah, I could have, but it was actually fun. Like I enjoyed it. Right. I was like learning a skill. And now when I look at that wheel, I'm like, fuck, I built that wheel. I know how to do that. That's cool. I can do that. Right. Cause I always found that to be like, for most people, it doesn't matter what type of bike you ride, mountain bike, whatever the fuck lacing a wheel is like a really intimidating thing. Like most guys don't do it. They're like, Oh, lacing wheels. That's the bike shop. Right. <laughs> you know, right? Me, obviously. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's 50 bucks at a bike shop. Fuck that. Get them to build it. Right. But for some reason, I really wanted to. So right. it was just kind of interesting. So if you have passion for something, you know, the old saying, it doesn't seem like work. It was fun. I found the whole thing fun. No, I totally get that. That's that's fun. It's it's. I also find it interesting because you can see I've, I have friends with kids and they've grown but it's funny. I watched one of the the guy who used to own my stores. I watched his his twins when they were kids, and it was so funny. At one point, uh, his son was I don't know one and a half, right? And he was opening a cupboard door, but he was looking in because he wanted to understand. Like you'd literally realize he was trying to figure out how it was opening. Right, he's watching the hinge. Yeah, and he's watching. And they would come to the other side, and I literally he came home, and I'm like, dude, I don't know what he's gonna do, but it's it's gonna be something. Because I've never seen, if I was a kid, I'd be like, wham, slam, walk. Who gives a fuck? He's already, he's already starting his engineering degree. Yeah, he was literally analyzing how it was working. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care and never did. I'm by the time he's, there. by the time he's eight, he's going to be eating his cereal one morning and he's going to go look up and he's going to go, you know, dad, I think I can do a better hinge. It, that's what's funny. I mean, dead serious. That's what I, cause and his dad's a genius too. So that's why I told him like, I don't know how he's going to change the world, but I can't wait till he does. And if I could yeah. just put in on the investment, I would really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was that question even? It was what business would you have? Yeah. And I mean, for me, I couldn't even possibly answer because it is, I, 
you know this is true, now that you're in business and people know you're successful at them, opportunities kind of come. Yeah, been offered a lot of things. Hey, yeah. would you look at this? Would you look at that? Would you look at this? Would you look at that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. and it's the same with finances in general. Like once you've kind of proven yourself, things pop up. Um, so it's a little different for me now. Like I literally, I look at every opportunity and see, and sometimes it's just the money needs to exercise and sometimes I might need to, you know? Right. So it's definitely right. fun. Definitely fun. Okay. Your turn, buddy. Bum, bum, bum. You know what though? I'm going to take a bathroom break. You and your. <laughs> because I got this new, look at my West coast jug, this big fucking thing. I do like it. Oh, by the way, I'm out of town, but I was told the package came to me from West Coast. A package may yet. have, you may have mail. I'm very excited to see this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that piss was so big that I actually thought, hey, you know, one liter is 2.2 pounds. I don't know why that number came into my head, but it did. Why are you laughing while I'm gone? What's been going on? <laughs> because you leave, and like a typical person of this day and age, I had to entertain my mind while you were gone. I can't just sit here like a normal person. And I happened to pull up uh, JP's uh, stories, and I have to bring this up because it, it drives me nuts. I'm annoyed, as you know, once I'm annoyed by something, it's fucking earth-shattering by the bands that people choose to use on a reverse hack. Oh yeah. It drives me crazy. Right, cuz they're not back. they're not quite the right setup. Yeah, they're way yeah. too tight, way too powerful. Like there's there's a friend of mine, I have to throw that out there. It's a girl that trains at my gym who hasn't gathered the fact that she is using the green band that's this thick might have something to do with the six plates aside on the hack. Right. So, anyways, Happen to just glance while you're gone and Jordan puts up a story that says, I'm quite fond of the idea of simulation theory. I certainly don't dismiss it. Whoops, that's not the one I wanted. Shit, wrong one. They're real. One day soon, the reserve band that's being used to lift too much on the hack, and then he parentheses, and not for its intended purposes of adjusting the resistance profile on the lift, is going to snap, and I am going to enjoy watching that video. <laughs> <laughs> I just read that. I'm like, yeah, Dude. yeah. So let, let's talk about resistance profiles quickly. So here's the rule. If you have what, whatever weight you have on the hack squat, mm -hmm. whatever weight you have on there, be it four plates, five plates, six plates, whatever, it should weigh 100% of its weight for at least half the rep. Valid. Is that safe? Yeah. Or even a third, even a third, the top yeah. third of the rep. Yeah. Totally deloaded. Yeah. Or sorry, totally loaded. Yep. That band should be nothing. It should be like a loose guitar string where it's like kind of got some sag mm -hmm. or you pull it and it goes blah, blah, blah. Like, right. yeah, you can easily. Yeah. Nothing. It's not until like a third of the way down, like your knees are already bent like that much. Right. Before the band is even like aware it's loaded. And then now it's stretching a bit and now it's actually pulling. Right. And then as you drive out of the hack, it did, 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 oh, totally slack. No resist. Now it's full load. Right. Right. So if the band is still tight at the top and deloading, it's too much band. 
Yeah, it just and it, it's and it's funny because it, I understand it doesn't matter, but the reason it matters to me is because you're actually not. It's I'm not concerned with how much weight you're using. It's not doing its job. Right, the That's job's to flatten the strength curve. Exactly, and 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 it's funny, you know. I and and being and I'm going to bring this up because we don't have a chance before the weekend, but I learned it from Luke, um, because. It was something that he and I discussed because I I had asked him about it because I'm like, why do you use a fucking band? Like, you're as strong or stronger than I am, and I don't use a fucking band. And he was like, no, it's it's not for that. He goes, there's a little point in the bottom, he goes, where I swear there's no muscle involvement. It's my joint. It's my knee that's taking all of that weight for just a split second. He goes, and once I put that band on there, that really light band, I take away that point. I have no knee pain at all. Oh, right. I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it because I don't have knee pain now, but I'm a big believer in how you never have knee pain and stay ahead of it. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to throw one on. I tried it and I immediately said two things. One, yes, my knee feels better. Two, one of these plates isn't really there in my mind anymore. Because at the hardest point for me, I feel like it actually pulls a 45-pound plate off, even the smallest one. So when people say, oh, you did 11 plates aside, I'm like, not 10. Yeah. Well, off the bottom of the rep. Yeah. 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 No, you're wrong. Like I'm very, I can do exactly what I'm doing, but I would lose a rep if I didn't have the band. A good test for everyone is put your band on and then drop the sled. Valid. Yeah. Right. So when we put our band on for hacks and we drop the sled, it goes right to the bottom. Right. Yeah. And the sled weighs about a hundred pounds. So we know that the band doesn't deload a hundred pounds off the bottom. It deloads less than a hundred. At the strongest point of the band, yeah. Yeah, and then you grab the sled and pull, and it's pretty light to get it to lift. And then obviously it immediately starts getting heavier. And then by about halfway up, the sled's about 100 pounds again. we got to rack it. Right. So, yeah. but yeah, imagine some of the bands these people have. They could unlock the hack and drop it, and it wouldn't hit the bottom. Some of them wouldn't move. Wouldn't even go past the stoppers. Because I saw, I had one. So the, the the girl, and I can say this because she didn't watch the show and I'm not picking on her, but that does it, not only does she use the big band, but she actually wraps it around where the weights go. So it goes from the weight to the top, around the back to the other pole of the weight. Right. So it's really, really, really. It's strange. already just pulled the shit. I'm like, to get it down, I think I'd have to pull it down right. with no weight. Like I think I'd have to physically use my body weight to bring the weight to the bottom yeah, hang like, on it yeah yeah i'm like it's not the point because yeah. so, so this you'll love this and, and i'll let this go because i've ranted now so the other day we're training up here in south carolina and i said we weren't using a band and my knee was bugging me and i'm like does this gym not have a band and they were like i don't know let's look so they went to the front desk and they had one they brought it out and it was it was on its last leg and i said it, put it on i'm like I'm going to put it on the, to where if it breaks, it hits me in the arm. I'm going to keep my hands up the whole time. So they're like, okay. So I did my set. It worked. Uh, one of my training partners, he, he went for it. It broke during his set. Literally. Nothing happened. But he was strong to finish the set. And right. still within the rep range I wanted him in. I'm like, see, that's, how, that's the right band. Right. He still was in rep range. And he missed. It broke at like third rep. So he had yeah. to bust out nine more reps on his own got him you know and i'm like 
And I told them because they don't use them. I'm like, buy another band because you guys should be using this for longevity. And I'd like using it anyways. But that's the right weight. <laughs> if you're adding plates because you have a band. Right. No. <laughs> right. No. I agree. So anyways, yeah, that was my that was my moment while you were away. Okay. Is it my turn now? Yes, because I went on a rampage. You went on a rampage. Someone's asking, remember last week we talked about plastics? Yes. Yeah. So did you watch that Joe Rogan clip? I think I sent it to you. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Pretty fascinating, eh? Makes you think. So this guy says, hey, do you, uh, are you avoiding all plastics or you just avoid microwaving and plastic? And I have to admit, I'm not avoiding all plastics. I do put an effort in, but like, for example, this jug is plastic, but I would never heat it. Like it's obviously it's got the correct number on the bottom for, you know, the stuff you're supposed to be able to drink out of. But um, I never microwave plastic ever. Just so people know, I'm very big on that. Mm-hmm. I really, really obviously if I was in a pinch and I had no food and had a meal, I, I would, you know, heat it up a bit. But I really try to avoid that. I haven't microwaved plastic in my house for, oh, probably 15 years. Yeah, I used to not care. Um, and to be honest with you, can't even bullshit. I don't now, but it's because I'm at home all the time now. Mm-hmm. So I've. I'm heating my food on plates and things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the real reason. But now with the amount of information I have, like if I was traveling and planning on using microwaves, I'd use glass containers now. You know? Yeah, I definitely put in the effort. And it was cool because uh, Mutant came up with a stainless steel shaker. Right. So they have like a like a like a regular size stainless steel shaker. Yeah. So for people that are sensitive or, yeah. you know, worry about that, there's there's options, you know. So a lot of companies are doing that now. For sure. That's it. That's that's it. I, I like that people watch that and then they, they get to thinking is, like I said, especially after you sent that over, I was like, we I've had multiple conversations with people who don't watch the show about it. I'm like, have you heard about the disappearing functioning penis? Wait, I mean, plastics. <laughs> if we want to have a, you know, human race, we should probably ease up on this shit. It's pretty frightening, though, eh? Oh, it is. That's why it's funny, because when you I mean, I'm joking when I say that, but it's like that's actually a literal progression taking place and i can't help but i think it's because i'm an old angry man now to see that correlation between our earlier conversations of what athletes and sports used to be and now just everything's getting so soft it's like right some of it's on accident and some of it's right wait we, we, you're <laughs> like oh so society's getting soft and then you actually look and the testosterone pro- profile's dropping yeah you're like oh and they're yeah. okay my bad <laughs> yeah directly linked yeah. I might have a, uh, an issue, something to do with it, you know? That's that's one of the, the big kicks, and I don't want to go off on this nonsense about this stupid, all the stupid conversation about toxic masculinity. You know, everyone, that, that phrase to me is just so laughable. Anyone who says the phrase toxic masculinity, to me, they're completely oblivious about how man even survived long enough to get here we're right. going to go to fucking mars like we're going to put a human on mars soon we've already fucking been there with robots right the 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 way that society progressed that far was to be aggressively progressive right and the only reason why any women and children survived was because the men around them killed everything to protect them right for yeah. a, what a hundred thousand years 
Yeah, they found oh. ways to kill things that were stronger than them, faster than them. Men are men are horrible and violent. Yes, and every woman and child, ideally, should have a violent man in their life to protect them. When right. you've got lions and tigers and other tribes and other cultures trying to constantly murder you and take everything, you need a very loving, violent man in your life. Well, that's, that's just yeah. how I don't give a shit what you say about society now. Society now is a blip on the screen as to what humans went through for 150,000 fucking years. Right. And to survive that length of time, you needed. That's just how it was. You didn't right. have you didn't have warriors in your tribe. Your tribe is forgotten for a reason. <laughs> exactly. That's like the, the line. You know, what's funny is Tommy had just sent me a clip that I don't know if it was Rogan, but it was a, a podcast type thing and a very professional looking where a guy is talking about that. He said, you know, the, the thing now is that men should almost be docile and this and that. He's like, no, no, no. You should be a monster. You should be a monster that can tame that, not yeah. to be harmless. There's a difference because if that's, that thing gets called upon, it needs to be in you. And if it's not in you, you're fucked. So, Jordan, that's actually I think Jordan Peterson talked about that. Okay. He's a harmless man is not a good man. Yeah. A, a, a harmless man is useless. Yeah. Uh, a good man is a is a is a man who has the ability to be very violent if needed, but yeah. he chooses not to be. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. And people, I think people that have a hard time with that sort of speech, they're just detached from the reality of what it was to be a human all the way up till this very moment that they are currently living in. Well, plus they, people don't realize. I mean, an example like. Um, we're going to a festival in the summer to, to see some bands and with uh, Nikki's daughter, who's 12. It's her thing. It's her birthday thing. And her literally, she said to me, she goes, I'm a little scared, though, because of all that goes on at these. And her mother's response is, Dusty, there, you're fine. And she goes, yep. good. Like, I mean, in her brain immediately goes, oh, that's valid. Like, done. Yeah. What if you can't say that to a 12 year old? Oh, fuck. We are fucked. We're going to a scary place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I it's, mean? It's the same thing with the uh, the uh, oh men are evil because they've controlled all the wealth. Right. It's like no 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 no. Uh, a tiny decimal point percentage of people controlled controlled all the wealth for a right. hundred thousand years, and everyone else, including every man, lived in abject poverty. Right. <laughs> like, what do you think life was like in the seventeen hundreds? You think men had it easy? Yeah, exactly. Jesus fucking Christ. These people are detached. The men were working 14-hour manual labor field jobs and in fucking coal mines and taking all the bullets and bayonets. Right. You know? It's it's it hasn't been easy for anyone. Everyone lived in poverty. Everyone was poor. It was right. only the elites living in castles, and it wasn't just the men. Their families enjoyed that that luxury yeah. from the top to bottom. Yeah, of course. You know, the the war on the current war on men is uh, very very uh, you know well, war on men. I'm not. I'm just saying that that term that gets thrown around, right? The toxic masculinity and the talk of the patriarchy and stuff. It's it's such a skewed snapshot 
of how they view today's current society. It, it, it doesn't reflect the reality of what it was like to live in 900 or 1200 or 1500 or 1800. Yeah. They just, they have no idea what they're talking about. The, the suffering and the violence was, it, it, it impacted every single person who wasn't wealthy and part of the, the royal family or the elite. Right. Yeah. That's no. a, it's a comical thing that even, I just think it's funny it gets pushed because when you, when I ask or discuss this with any woman, I know they're like, no, I want a man. Yeah. <laughs> reality, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, period. The end. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, no. I, I don't want someone breaking in the front door and, and Emily looking at Ron and Ron looking back at Emily like, who's going to do something? Hey, here's a question for you. <laughs> Have you ever been in a fight or a violent situation because you were protecting a woman? Yes, and it wasn't, uh, and it wasn't anyone I knew. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, yeah. I've, I, I can answer yes to that question as well. Yeah. Yeah. What was your situation? Uh, I came out of a Safeway and literally saw a guy tossing around his girlfriend and just took care of it. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, it didn't even, it wasn't like thoughts because you could just see it wasn't, it was out of control. Yeah. He immediately, you know, did what needed to happen. And then, you know, the only thing that, was funny, and that's what's interesting about the way the world works, is everyone wants that. Uh, you, you can bet your ass she was happy. When the cops came and I had to deal with all that, I was on my way. No, no, right. because the world still says, oh, she was getting her ass beat by this Vato kid. Right, Thank right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was in it, I was in it. world is how often now we see the video of the guy beating his girlfriend by a guy holding the video. Yeah. Yeah. I was in a, I was in a bar in Australia. It was actually the night before I flew home. Oh God. You almost got arrested. Late went home. <laughs> almost got arrested. So this is a funny story. So we were in the bar and, uh, by absolute coincidence, these two girls that I went to high school with mm -hmm. happened to show up in that city in Australia cause they were backpacking. Awesome. And they and they heard that I was there. So they yeah. contacted me. They're like, Ron, we heard you. You're here. And I'm like, holy shit. I haven't seen you guys for years. So right. we went out and we went partying. Like I had some guys with me and we went out and have had fun. And we were at a club and I was I was drinking for sure. And I was just walking through the club and I was like in a good mood. You know, I'm walking through the club and she's in front of me. One of the girls from that I went to high school with is in front of me. And this Australian dude, he just leans out in front and just grabs her tits. She had really big tits and he just fucking grabs him and squeezes him. And she screamed. She's like grabbed his hands and she like pulled on his hands. Right. And they were like locked on her tits. Jesus. And I was like a bit behind her, but I saw the whole thing and I was just like, what the fuck? And she starts pulling at his hands right. and it took a few pulls for her to get his hands off. Right. And then I just came over and just fucking smashed him in the face <laughs> right. and his head his head hit the mirror behind him and right. shattered the mirror right and then right away his buddy bottled me in the head with a beer bottle right and i saw this bottle of beer coming towards my face and i just put my head down and it just it fucking exploded on my forehead right and cut my head open right in my hairline right. so right away i just had beer and blood in my eyes i couldn't see a thing right but i had a handful of the dude's hair the dude that bottled me i grabbed his hair 
Right. So we were wrestling and I felt some doorman grab me. And all I remember was finding his head and then just headbutting his headbutting him as many fucking times as I could because there were door guys pulling me off. And I could hear the one door guy was going, Ron, Ron, it's us. It's us. We got you to security, security, because I knew them. Right. And I just remember I had the guy that bottled me. That I couldn't see anything. And I was just headbutting, headbutting, headbutting. And of course, I was strong enough to just pull his body. Yeah, of course, his body and his head with him. <laughs> so I just headbutted him as many times as I could until the bouncers separated us. And the next thing I know, I was literally being carried by all the door. It was like all these security guys, but they were all like patting me on the chest. They're like, we got you, Ron. We got you. Don't worry. We got you. Right. right? And I'm like, okay, okay. And I couldn't see anything. And then next thing I hear a door and I'm in an alley. Right. And there's two door guys with me and they've like wiping blood out of my eyes and they're helping me out. And I just had a little cut on my fucking head but holy <laughs> shit the blood i had a reservoir dogs t-shirt on a white, from the shirt. <laughs> a white reservoir dogs t-shirt and it was just fucking covered in blood right and i was worried that my head was just gashed open like I there thought was so much blood yeah no it was just I... cut. so anyways they cleaned me up the guys went out front and then when i walked around the, the side of the building there was like that dude and his nose was bloody and then his buddy who has had blood on his face and this big group of them. And they were just screaming for me. We're going to fucking kill you. And they're just screaming. And there was like a bunch of them. And I'm like, well, fuck that. Right. Like I got these two normal girls with me. Right. Like a couple dudes like from the backpackers. I'm like, oh, I'm not fucking. So yeah. we, we just walked down the alley. The one dude had a T-shirt and like a button up plaid shirt right so he gave me his t-shirt because i didn't and then we just went for breakfast and i had this super tight this super tight like large t-shirt on eating my pancakes and then the next day with the shirt this is the best part the best part the next day and I'm not like this. This is not the type of thing that happens to me normally. It was just a, just a crazy situation. The next day where I'm on the plane, I'm flying home, right? And I'm sitting next to this dude, and uh, he hadn't said a word. Like, he was totally quiet. He's kind of this older guy. And I remember I was, like, picking – I was, like, kind of picking at my scab. Right. Because it felt like there was, like, a big bump. I'm like, is that a scab? And then this fucking brown piece of glass came out of my head. And I, like – pulled it down and I was looking at it in my fingers and I was like turning it and it was like a brown piece of beer bottle VB VB for anyone who's asking is a VB bottle a little stubby (laughs) I'm looking at it and I'm like holy fuck that was in my head and my fingers are all like kind of I'm not bleeding but my fingertips have blood on them right yeah and I'm like huh and then I look over and he's just leaning against the window like watching staring at my fingers because he realized you just pulled a piece of glass on your forehead and i go i think that's beer bottle <laughs> that's, like, that's like a movie line just calmly I think that was just a crazy craziest that's just a crazy so that's the the only time i could think of where i got violent to protect a woman in my mind i was doing the I right just, thing I'm just grateful for the end of the story. 
Because I could just the see end, the I, end is the reason I told the whole story, because I don't like telling gratuitous fighting stories. They don't make you sound cool. No, but I just think that guy, I mean, if that was me, well, maybe not me, but someone else, I would go home and be like, so I'm on the flight, right? <laughs> hey, shit. And, and he actually never even explained to me why there would be a beer bottle on his head. Yeah. Just let me know that's probably what it was. Yeah. I remember just as soon as that guy bottled me, I remember thinking, like, I'm fucked. I can't see a thing. <laughs> and I realized after I punched the dude, I quickly realized that, like, the entire group around him was with him. Yeah, they were all his friends. And I was like, oh, I just fucking just You're smashed it. blind and you're fighting 10 people. Yeah. Well, at least I'm going to look like I tried to save a chick. You know, I'm like, this is going to be bad. So that's why I was just frantically headbutting that dude. Because I, you know how that mentality, like, well, I'm going to take somebody down with me. Yeah, I'm in now. If they're going to beat the shit out of me, this guy is going to have no teeth left. Remember, that's uh, the, the Rob Bailey story. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with with uh, Dana's ex. Yeah. Yeah. You guys might whip my ass, but not before I remove all of your teeth. Yeah. Yeah, you guys might whip my ass, but but one of you guys, someone's gonna lose their face, man. Yeah, that's I remember how. he told me that uh, the first time. I was like, I can see that, and I can also see them going. Yeah, I think we're good. I go down, but one of you guys gonna lose a fucking eye. <laughs> I see because those who don't know Rob, it's like I can see that because you're like, he's yeah, he means that, so yeah. Yeah, he, he understands. He's a big ass man, so okay. <laughs> so yeah. So toxic masculinity is a terrible thing. Is that what our conclusion is? Yes, I think I, I think I agree, and I'm gonna up my estrogen. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Oh boy. I never told that story before. I don't think I've told anybody That's that story. A story that I have never heard, which means you probably have never told anyone. <laughs> I got a bunch of like stupid shit like that. I'm not not a lot of fight stories though. I'm not like the type of guy that like. That's really rare. Right. Well, that was brought up. You had no choice. Hey, what okay. what is the Chris Gatlin 30-day challenge? Do you know? Well, I know who Chris Gatlin is. So do I. So I, I, assume he's, I assume he's doing like a 30-day challenge of some kind, you know, that yeah. cut Instagram thing, I right? I wonder if it was something big because someone asked my thoughts about it. So I was like, is there something weird about this? Yeah, I'm not sure the details of it. Okay. You know? We're not answering that because the answer is I don't know. Yeah, the answer is I don't know. I've always gotten along well with Chris. I met him when he worked for bodybuilding.com back in the day. Right. He's a monster now in the in the game. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Plus I get I get along with all the dudes that have the accents, you know. Of course, you guys all stick together. Um I had a guy ask me how long I can I can last sprinting nonstop, and my own thought is until the hamstring tears. Um <laughs> So, so, you know, between, between three and seven steps, somewhere between 10 and 50 yards. <laughs> Literally, that's what I said. Like, uh, when I was reading these off this morning, I'm like, well, I wonder how long it'll take for my hamstring tears. I don't know. <laughs> right around okay. full speed should be the end. I don't know if you like these ones or not, but here's one. Who would you rather be and who would you rather feed, Godzilla or King Kong? Hmm. Oh, oh, geez. I would rather be Godzilla because, Jesus, hello. Godzilla has, like, laser beams and shit, doesn't he? 
Yeah, plus he's just like because my interpretation is more supernatural than King Kong. Yeah, King, yeah. Kong's, Kong King Kong is just big. A monk is a giant, yeah. Giant gorilla, so the, yeah. the strength is multiplied by magnitudes and exactly. all that yeah, stuff. There's no like extra tricky shit. He's not blowing fire out of his eyeballs or anything or laser. Yeah, but Godzilla has like powers of electricity harnessing and yeah and shit. Yeah. If if all of my thoughts on that are correct, then yes, that's my answer for that. And feed? Fuck, man, that's a lose lose. But, yeah. but I'm gonna I'm gonna assume since Again, it's some supernatural thing that maybe Godzilla doesn't need as much. <laughs> yeah. Because like, King Kong is literally a giant monkey. How many bananas do you feed King Kong? I don't think he's even eating bananas. He's going to have to go up. He's got up the dose. He's eating banana trees? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lots of fiber in a banana tree. I, I actually like those ones when they're creative. Because like, I've never even heard of that as a possible question. You get good, like people come up with some thoughtfuls. Yeah, <laughs> I get. What do you? What's your favorite cutting cycle? Like, I don't care. Oh, well, I, is, I thought we. I thought you didn't want me to ask that one. It was right here. <laughs> exactly, you got that too. I am always blown away though. Too. I'm gonna partially answer. Like, there's nothing. I hate. I actually just had a client say that to me. He goes, "Hey, I'm on. I'm in. I'm dieting. Why am I not taking Anabar to help shred me?" I'm like, just diet. I, looked, I was like, no, no response. No, I don't have time to go into the fact that that's a here. here it, people want to talk bodybuilding. This is a this is a bodybuilding question. It might actually apply to some people because they're th- we're, they're wondering, is a jumbo box of Minute Maid rice good for carbs or do I have to use other kinds of rice in order for them to be better? Same shit. It's the same shit. All Minute Rice is is they've already cooked it. And then just re-dehydrated it. Yep. It's already been cooked. It's just re-dehydrated, and you're just hydrating it. But it's exactly the same molecule. Like it's rice. The, the polysaccharide is the same polysaccharide. It's still just rice. Yeah. So I have no problem with that. I know guys that have that only eat minute rice, like for their whole life. They're like, oh, I just eat minute rice. That's all they eat. Boxes and boxes of minute rice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes right up there with. When people will ask, like, why, you know, what potato, or, you know, and I say, I gold potatoes. Oh, why gold? I'm like, they taste the best. Right. In my opinion. I used to use a certain type of potato, and people would ask why. And I go, oh, well, because it comes from my neighbor's farm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's the same, yeah, that's the same logic, though. Literally, it's like, oh, okay, perfect. You know? Oh, well, Ron says he uses these, these red potatoes. And I'm like, well, yeah, because if you look at the bag, it says made in Canada. And my dad actually knows that guy, and I know they come from his farm. So right. supporting yeah. a friend's business, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's one. Five best exercises for triceps. If you had to just simplify tricep training, I want triceps like Kevin Lavrone. Uh Close grip bench. You name one. Well, you need a stretch exercise in there. So mm-hmm. when, when people talk about exercises, I don't think that way. I think about positions. Right. True. So yeah, you need a you need, yeah, you need a stretch load position. So something with the arm behind the head mm-hmm. um, where you put a stretch load on the tricep. So that could be dumbbell behind the head, two handed dumbbell behind the head, any sort of pulley uh, from press. low up behind the head. Yeah. So all that stuff applies and you just have to find one that you can load that uh, works well for your body. Yeah, I love um, I love hammer shank dip machine. 
I love that for, for triceps. As long as I have someone that can push it down enough for me to get my knees under the pad. <laughs> so here's the thing. So the hammer strength dip machine is a good example of one of many. It's a great machine that isn't made well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, exactly what you mean. It's like guys like you and me figure out a way to use it for our bodies, but it's actually not like if you just sit in a hammer strength dip and lock into it exactly the way it's made, I don't like it at all. No. Yeah. You, I, I need it. My training partner has to put all of his weight because I'm also using way more weight than I weigh all the way down so I can get under it. And usually another person will push it down on my knee. So I'm locked in. Right. Sorry. <laughs> See, I don't even use the knee pads. I like, I hook my foot under the wall behind me. Oh God. <laughs> and then I put my knee under the seat. I drop the seat down on my knee. Squeezing it with your knees. And then I tighten my abs. <laughs> and then I get onto it and I fucking crank out as many reps as I can. And my glutes firing and my abs are tight. Yeah, it's, it's funny. A workout. Yeah. So it's it's, it's funny because there's a few machines like that. You know, I'll tell people, oh, I love that machine. And then I'm like, actually, wait. I hate that machine, but I figured out a way to use it where I love it. <laughs> I can run with that. Exactly. Yeah. There's a few of those. Um, so, yeah. So you got a compound. You got it. So basically, I say you need a dip movement. Right. You need a close grip press movement. Mm. You need an overhead stretch movement. Right. And then you need skull crushers or like a fantastic overall mid-range loading exercise. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, yeah for, two, for two plate skull crusher. <laughs> I love those. And then you know what else that people don't, I never post, but I also think that any good tricep routine needs something where there's a ton of blood at the end. So I'll yeah. do some form of a superset where it's like 20 and 20 reps, just blood. And then also technically, I think you need a shortened position. So that's where the hand is past the hip. Right. So like a single arm press down. Mm-hmm. So that's how I think. So you got stretch midway, and then shorten position past the hip. And then you have the two compound positions, kind of a, a pressing outward and a pressing downward. Yeah, that, that, that's why I like the uh, – I like taking two ropes and doing uh, – There you go. So that their elbows are pinned backwards instead of going out. We're bringing them behind yeah. me, breaking yeah. the wrist. Yeah, those there are you not. go. See? We're on the same page. Same page. Boom. Okay, Shot. your turn. Let's see here. Boom, 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 boom. I don't know anything about that. Oh, this is the same simple one. We'll answer it real quick. Do things like oatmeal versus cream of rice matter that much or is it overthinking? Well, for most people, it's overthinking. Yeah, unless you're the odd person, it might be important. Some Some people say they just don't tolerate oatmeal that well. And also, too, another thing that I think is important to remember is... People say stuff like, oh, I can't eat oatmeal. Or, oh, I can't eat that food. And I'm like, no, no, that's not true. You totally can. You just don't do well with the large amounts required for bodybuilding. Right. I know what you mean. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, I'm I'm sensitive to oatmeal. I'm like, no, you can eat oatmeal just fine. But you're like getting ready for you doing off season and you're eating a fucking 300 grams of oatmeal a day. That's right. when you run into problems. You know what yeah. I mean? So I a lot of us have just switched over. Like my dieting is so basic now. I typically tell people right up front, 
Uh, oatmeal I have memorized as far as what it is. So it'll be like a cup of dry oats, just 54, and I'll write it next to it, aka 54 grams of carbs, and it can be any breakfast cereal you want. Right. <laughs> you want malt oatmeal? Have it. 54 grams. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> of carbs, I should say. Yeah. Not of weight. <clears throat> yeah. And that's where that's why cream of rice is popular with some people because uh, white rice in general is extremely yeah, easy on most people's guts and you can eat large amounts of it. Yep. You know, you got to remember that white rice is one of the only foods on the extremely strict list that they give to like Crohn's patients and colitis patients and stuff. Yeah. So if you're worried about any sort of irritation, white rice has already passed the test. Right. Which is why I think some of us default to it. White rice yeah. is like the only carb I eat pretty much because yeah. other than breakfast, because I'm also yeah. lazy and I can make a huge amount of it in a machine. Oh. No. We got so, time for we got time for a few more, Dusty. Yeah, as long as you got some solid ones, do it now. Bum, bum, bum. He... This guy's trying to decide whether he should go to his first concert post COVID on weed or mushrooms. <laughs> mushrooms <laughs> depends on the concert, actually. But weed doesn't count for me. I'm not going to get into the other ones. But uh, yes, if I had to choose, it'd be mushrooms for those. Weed three. doesn't count. I do my taxes high. <laughs> I really don't. The world has changed. We doesn't really do. I, I wouldn't. Let's dead serious though. You're not experiencing a concert any different on weed. No, not, no. By the time I no, got well, there, be gone. You, like, you might be happier and less upset about your day. Yeah. But it's not like it's it. You know, you'd have to. Okay, there's some caveats here. Let's say you eat a hundred milligrams of THC. Good, different. You, you, you okay. yeah. Now the concert might be might be different. Yeah, if we're going gummies, that's a different world. Now. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, I immediately when people say when I hear the term weed, I assume they're smoking. Right. You know, which negates all THC. So, <laughs> um, do you believe in? Okay, you know the deload question. Yes. Basically, I got a few deload questions again about how to deload and all that stuff. I am not an expert on deloading. Because I was always terrible at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate the people that can deload sanely, and uh, I I appreciate that I have clients that are very good at it. Right. I'm like, okay, I want you to do a week where you don't train to failure on anything and just do ten perfect reps on everything and give your body a rest. Right. And they're like, okay, I did that. It went really well. It's kind of boring. And I'm like, oh wow, you did that? Really? That's amazing. I couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, I just don't go to the gym. Everyone knows that. Yeah, I just, I just don't go. That's that's. Not, I don't enjoy it, and I know the purpose. I'm not gone long enough for it to matter. Like we discussed about how long you have to be gone for it to actually change your yeah. body. So I just don't go. I so, have no joy in what I can do with that time valuable, um, including watch a fucking movie. Yeah, um, take a week off. <laughs> I just don't go to the gym at all. I tell all my clients the same thing. I go, look, if I need them to take like two weeks, I'm like, here's my two cents. Take a week off and then take a week of California pro training. Um, and either order, I don't really give a shit. I would probably do my week off first, then do my little pumps to get ready to get back in the gym, get the joints yeah. moving. That's it. You yeah. know, because, yeah, I, training is too much my love and what I want to do. The idea of going in there and doing 10 reps and stopping. The problem is this, and I know you've had this before because I've done it. I've went in the gym before, told Tommy – Hey man, I'm you know 
we got to take it easy today. Um, you know, Chris or whoever said to kind of whatever. And I start doing my rows. And I'm like, I feel good today. And next thing you know, I'm like, put another plate. Put a, yeah. Record today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Every time. Yeah. You know, so I'm just now I'm just not mature enough. So I just don't go. <laughs> Call the gym owner. Do not let me in today. <laughs> Under no circumstances. Turn my card off so the key don't know the door doesn't open. <clears throat> so, yep. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. You got another one? I don't have any phenomenal ones, to be honest with you. If you have one more, let's blast it out. I've been scanning the whole time you're talking. Been scanning the whole time you're talking. Yeah. Um, like, listen to you, Jesus. So there's a bunch here on splits. I know we talk about splits a lot. Um, how long have you done the Dorian split, the four day per week split? Well, I'd say at least 20. Just say how many decades are we talking? That's easier too. Yeah, I'd say at least 20 years of the 30 years I've been training, I did like the actual just four day Dorian out of the video. Right. And now I'm doing it again now. That's my current split. So it just it's always just been home for me. It's just comfortable. My body recovers. My joints feel good between workouts. It just I don't run into issues, you know. Yep. Um, you know I had an arm day a fifth day, which was an arm day. That was how it changed for a long time. I had that, you know, and I'm not going to say it actually, who knows? Like I know I, I ran into problems with elbows and stuff and had to like work around it. So I don't know if that had something to do with it, but you know, you never know. It's just a great split for me with the two days on one day off. Now I just, I feel like I can just train infinitely. I think that's the, if I was going to say anything about splits, the only thing I would really press to people is, <clears throat> resist the temptation to go to the gym more than maximum three days in a row. Yeah. Like you yeah. just, you can't, you're not, you're not training at a high enough intensity. If you can train five days straight, you're either the workouts are suffering or you're just training like a bitch. I'll put it this way. I've never known a champion bodybuilder who lifted weights every day. No, but I've known a no. lot of wannabe champion bodybuilders who trained every day. Yeah, and I always say too, if if you're training hard enough, as much as we talk about loving the gym, I need to not go to the gym. By the time like oh. tomorrow, tomorrow I'm off, I can't go. I don't want like the thought of going to the gym. I'm like, well, I'm gonna be sore from my head to my toe, and I'm gonna train legs tomorrow. I felt like I got hit by a car after my last leg workout. My whole day off the next day, I was just like, like in a fog. Yeah. So, and that's how it should be. If, if you're training four or five days straight and you still desiring going to the gym, in my opinion, you're working out, you're not training. There's a difference. Yeah. You're working out, you're not training. You're, you're exercising. You can exercise every day. <laughs> yeah. But you can't train every day. <laughs> right. But you can't train every day. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's a quote for the week, Dusty. Just like that. We made a t shirt and we're out the door. <laughs> exercise is something you can do every day, training is not. Facts. There you go. Facts. Any words of wisdom you want to leave people with? What Ron just said is key. <clears throat> we have 10,000 uh, subscribers, so I feel like we've already said our words. I'm not going to get in any trouble by telling that little fight story, am I? I was only like 20, was I 20 years old? Can't get in trouble in reverse in no. Australia. No, no, I just, you know, I don't want the culture wars to come after me. I'm not excited unless someone's mad at me. Like, I like, like you know, the conversation with Turner Ritter, which by the way, I'm going to have him on soon. Um, 
when somebody finally leaves, I always wonder when they when they unfollow me, I'm like, what did it? I'm just curious. I don't want to change it, but I just want to know, like, I've been an asshole this whole time. What finally nudged you over the edge that you were like, this guy's a douche? I, you know what? You know what's funny? I have to say this before I go because it's just so fucking creepy. People don't do it because it makes you look like a psycho. Like a fucking psycho. Are you ready, Dusty? What? Okay, so do you ever feel like Instagram follows people for you that you didn't follow? No. The I mean, odd time. The odd time I'll be looking through my feed and I'm like, I do not remember following this person. Okay. Like it might have been a fat thumb thing. Yeah, I have you know? done that on accident where I'm looking at something and I accidentally click a follow, but then I leave it because I'm like, I now I feel weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I there was this one chick and like I just I don't remember following her. I just right. I don't remember if I was okay and I just left her. She came through my feed and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I don't remember following her. And uh, and then she was coming through my feed like pretty often, right? Because you know the more they come through your feed, the more you see them, and then the more they come through your feed. And then right. it probably didn't it help because every time she came through my feed, I would stop on her photo. Ah, and I would be like, how did I? How, I don't remember following this person, but whatever. And I looked, and she seemed like a cool chick. I just I don't remember following her, and she was like from nowhere near here, like another country somewhere, and I just. Don't remember. Yeah. But I unfollowed her. Right. Because I was like, eh, you know, I just, I don't know her at all. She did not catch that in text or message you. And she didn't seem like she was like a huge fan of the show or anything. It wasn't like that. It was like just some other person. So I unfollow her. And like the same day I get a message. Why did you unfollow me? And I'm like, okay, that's why. (laughs) I rest my case. I made a good decision. Yeah, it just makes you look crazy. Like, I'm sorry. I don't fucking know. I don't remember. Like, who knows? Let's look at my Instagram. I'm following 3,600 people. What, do you know what's funny about the I probably remember following 1,000 of them. Well, what's funny about that is the reverse is because I look at the stats because of marketing. I lose hundreds of followers a week. It would be impossible for me to know. <laughs> Particularly someone I don't know. I would probably... I probably wouldn't know it if you unfollowed me because I have to. I don't look at who likes my pictures. Right. So I I don't actually know if you liked my photo. Like, I you know what I mean? I never think to myself who liked my picture. I don't give a shit. So <laughs> so that that I guess that begs the question or begs the topic I before didn't we even, realize that you unfollowed her. Well, because they have those apps that tell you. Why would you care enough to upload it? Right. That's the problem. If you have the app that tells you, reports to you how many people this guy unfollowed you today and this person unfollowed you today, I think that's a problem. You have to let that go. You can't. You can't be worried about that. That this that unfollow me like a week, hundreds, literally 300, 400 people unfollow me every single week. Well, I mean, I've been stuck at the same number of followers for like a year straight and I get dozens of new followers every day. Yeah. So that means dozens of people are unfollowing you every day. Yeah. Like, and now that I'm posting BMX stuff, I probably pissed a whole bunch of people off and that's fine. I don't care, but I can't imagine staring at that app and Oh, who, who unfollowed me? Oh, Oh my God. Oh, like that's, you know, uh, that's just that. can't live like that, man. That's fucking terrible. You know? Yeah. And I don't want to know, like, let's say it is someone, you know, like 
you know, you know, Jason from the gym unfollowed me today. Well, I wonder what I did to piss him off. And now all day I'm like, oh, and then I see him and I'm like, I wonder why he doesn't like me anymore. You just can't live your life like that. I imagine this is what I think. Maybe he's tired of bodybuilding and he's unfollowing pro bodybuilders and he still loves to see you in person. Yeah. He likes you. Maybe maybe this guy from the gym, awesome to see me. Hey, Ron, good to see you, man. But he just doesn't want bodybuilders in his feed anymore. He's had enough. Yeah. Maybe maybe they've seen me row enough times that they don't want to see that shit anymore. Yeah, Dusty's <laughs> posting the same video again of a 500-pound row again. Okay, I'm just gonna, tired yeah. of seeing shit. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's my take. I love it. I didn't even realize they had those apps, so I had no idea. <laughs> crazy, crazy world. You know, like you got people like there, like, Gary V and and successful people giving good advice like stop giving a fuck what people think of you. Right. And then you have people that are sitting on these apps all day. Oh my god, Dusty unfollowed me. It's like don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. That's a bad that's a bad spot to put yourself in. I don't see any benefit in living like that. <laughs> exactly. You know. That's, I, um, that's a great story. You actually reach out to you and you're like you don't actually know me. Yeah, I'm real sorry that, but it wasn't like it just was like you know picture of her with a drink. I'm like I don't I don't know unfollow I don't know. <laughs> I don't like mojitos. You're, I'm done with you. I also I also unfollowed like a whole bunch of hot chicks recently. Yeah, because they're just polluting your feed. Yeah, polluting my feed. And 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 when I say hot chicks, I mean like the ones that like that's their thing. Like they have two hundred thousand yeah. followers. Yeah. They don't do anything else. They can they contribute no other content whatsoever. It's it, I'm just like I don't need this. I don't need this. Unfollow, unfollow. Just clean this shit up. Yeah. So okay, trying to be more cerebral. <laughs> Love it. Till okay, next Dusty. Until next time. I think we hit the two hour mark, man. Remember, everybody, like, share, subscribe, comment, ring the bell. That's where the sound effect comes in. I would think. Oh, ding. <laughs> okay, thanks. Remember, everybody, it's just bodybuilding.